Welcome to another episode of TCP. We're here for episode 196, a show where we discuss every single POV from the Overwatch 2 matches uh, that have now come out on the Play Overwatch channel and all the maps that we played. Um, Yiska's been hard at work pouring over each frame of detail from every single player's POV. So, yeah, Yiska. <laughs> Still haven't watched a single second of that. Just run down. Yeah, not a single second watched of that. I don't people care. people care about that. That's stuff. because that's because you're still scrubbing through the 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 um the frames. You just it's it's a very meticulous work. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, you know, uh, just going. Oh, what's it called? Now I'm missing the the English word. You know the the plot with pliers, it. like just like an archaeologist. Tweezers. Tweezers. Yeah, just taking frame by frame, like on on a Polaroid, just going like uh -huh. this. Nah, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about this shit, dude. Like this is not. <laughs> <laughs> this should uh, hopefully uh, not be the game we're playing. <laughs> Holy fuck, is it like boring to watch? I don't care. I mean, oh, there's a great Stazio podcast. You, I love the new game, you bro. Heard it, you, heard it, you heard it here first. Yesco doesn't care. Look, about how much yeah. Look, dude, I've been hurt this week, right? Like, the amount of fucking legendary retirements this week was too much. And then, like, True. knowing that. It's really hard to run this back with the same quality of what Overwatch once was. Like, yes, I liked season two of Overwatch loads, but like in terms of the narrative enjoyment, it's Apex all the way, baby. And those guys are dropping like flies. So I'm gonna be a bit spicy this podcast. Just notice I'm hurt. I was shot repeatedly. Hurt this people week. hurt people, yes. okay? Yeah. You have to remember that. He is yes. hurt and he will hurt you. You're giving us a warning like you haven't already just started out like at maximum spice already. And you your know. game is bad. I don't, yes. even, <laughs> I don't even know how much further you can go from there. Yeah. Um, Joe, what have you been up to? I won't lie, boys. I won't lie. I've been degening on that new world hype train. But the one thing I will say is that uh, the lighting has been pristine you know I, I walk into these caves it's a, it's got like a really nice like day and night cycle where it's like i'm not i'm never sure when it turns into night and i go into these caves and i'm like oh, i can't see anything like where am Bro, i going like you're not where, real for right like this is like watching porn and liking the curtains. What are you talking about lighting hey, in a video game? Bro? The lighting it's it's the little things. It's the little things. It's kind of like the Overwatch League postseason. You know it's like it's really dark. You can't really see anything. You're like wow. Where's my team going? You know, Atlanta, are they going Western? Are they going mixed? Who knows? We don't, we're not sure. Where's Florida up to? You, but you know what would be good for the offseason? Yiska? Well, you know what would be good? A powerful 4,000K LED spotlight. That's right. This is an ad. It was an ad all along. I fooled you. That's why a 4K powerful LED spotlight on your Lawnmower 4.0 would be a fantastic gift. You know, we've, we've heard your feedback. We've heard you... The, the audience, you know, responding in the comments, talking about, you know, maybe maybe you could use a shave or two, you know, trying to line things up, maybe a gift for for a loved one. Um, and that's why this episode is proudly supported uh, by Manscaped.com, um, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. We want to keep those supporting pieces intact. In the off season, that's that's very important. Avril's talked about the the value of flex supports and maybe necessarily oh. you know maybe cutting the main tank. So we want to make sure those cuts are precise, and that's why Manscape has you covered with that advanced skin safe technology 
will keep your Zenyatta players and all of their orbs flying free, free balling. The 2021 season was all about having pristine wrecking balls, right? So why not keep yours pristine? That's why you need to use promo code tactical crouch, all caps, no space for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code tactical crouch and unlock all your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped. Your balls will thank you. You don't want to be like Chengdu who recently did cut their balls. So, I mean, exactly. um, that might hurt. One of their, one of their balls has been cut. Uh, other one, as far as I'm aware, is safe. But we are going to spend the episode talking about a lot of the changes from the recent, um, now official contract status, would you say, sheet, webpage, uh, news article blog from the official Overwatch League channel. And uh, go and check that out. We'll probably put it into the description as well. Joe, that can be your job. Uh, <laughs> as... Uh, there's a lot of great info that came out quite recently, and, and now it's f officially confirmed what all the statuses of the players on each and every single team is in terms of whether they are a free agent, have they had their contract renewed, is their team option exercised, was the team option declined, etc. That's all been confirmed and all official now, so there's no more speculation about like well, who's actually there and who's not there, and that leaves a lot of interesting questions behind it also answers a lot of questions to be fair and also confirms further things that were rumored in the past but the contract statuses of, of different players are always going to still be in flux this is a developing sort of situation where i'm sure as we move through the weeks more and more players will be picked up um and free agents should be signed because there's a lot of open space around and there's a lot of teams that have cut quite a lot of players uh, even from last week like last week we talked about mm -hmm. That being the case, where we looked at three teams that had pretty much done that, more teams now have gone ahead and basically cut everyone minus one player, or maybe they cut their entire roster, who knows? Um, a lot of positions available for free agents, so we're going to go through not every single team today, but most of the teams that we didn't get to talk about last week, and we're going to talk about a lot of teams where, if we did talk about them last week, if they've had updates to you know free agent statuses or how their roster currently looks, and we'll talk about those updates as well but beyond that um if we don't talk about your team today it's likely that we did talk about your team last week so i do suggest you go back to last week's episode uh, if you missed it to or kind of get an idea of where your team is in that sort of stage and maybe in future as well if, if things change or your team's not good enough to, to be talked about it's also or we just hate you we just hate you as an individual we just have singled you uh, out today and you we're say that, you. you say that guys but i i've got some interesting teams i've got uh, the three lowest performing teams from the season on the docket to talk about today. So um, really, uh, it doesn't get worse than that. So if we're willing to talk about those teams, then really anything's available, isn't it? So uh, just, just rub it in. Can, you can rub never be in. too bad. You, apparently, you can never be too bad. That's true. But, but speaking Shanghai of things, Dragons. well, oh yeah, you know, Shanghai. That's the other thing is like we're probably not. I don't know that we'll talk about Shanghai because they're too good. They have the opposite problem. Um, speaking of things, guys that are just simply too good. Our patrons, of course, episode 196, brought to you by Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Bar Buhal, Chare, Chris R34444, Frodino, Hunter Tain, Porkchop Sammy, Kasha67, Lolshin, Rexane, Volamelon, Sugar High, Warmer D, and Your Misery. Okay, so... I guess we can just start with some of these teams, or is there anything else that was quite interesting? No, actually, I lied. We're not going to start with the teams just yet i teased you i baited you 
Um, that's how I am. We're actually going to contextualize. We're actually going to contextualize today's topics by exploring uh, the tier two scene, the path to pro situation first, because there's a lot of obviously free agents from that end of things mm. that are getting added to the free agent pool. Obviously, everyone from path to pro is a free agent. Everyone that is not in Overwatch League is legally and technically speaking free agent. But it's more interesting to just kind of address, um, you know what that kind of looks like first and you know who who those tier two players are that we might want to be on the lookout for and maybe a little bit of where tier two might be going in the future before we get into any of the individual teams because there's a lot of interesting stuff there first to to contextualize what the overall free agent pool looks like so um can, can i just make one caveat because what you said technically is true the th thing is like if you are assigned to a an a contenders team that also has contracts for you and has considerable buyouts that con uh, includes like mm. co um, academy teams and also some of the Korean contenders teams, of course, and Chinese. Um, then you have a buyout. And I like when I talked to Vala, she basically said being a budget team means you're not paying buyouts unless they are very different circumstances. So that will be something that we need to keep in mind that like while you might think, for instance, like in Dredro's case, right? Like he wasn't even in the initial Paris trial trials because with was with Boston Academy. That means he has a buyout. That means it's not interesting for a team like Paris, and that's true for a lot of teams in the in the season. Well, now keep in mind they did end up, for instance, signing Vestola, who of course was on on the Spitfire mm -hmm. uh, Hurricane, and the reason they were able to do that was because they needed someone on short notice, like three days for Elevote. And the uh, my understanding is that the Spitfire were also pretty welcoming towards uh, that change, and I think the buyout wasn't wasn't very high in comparison to what I mean, he's actually worth. Any mm. tier two team can have a buyout. I'm sure they all do yeah. because the, the whole point of the tier two for a lot of these teams is to sell their players to the Overwatch League. Yeah. So I mean, the buyout is kind of everything. That's that's kind of the whole point. Yes. Um, it's just so. a competitive disadvantage uh, against like actual FAs from Overwatch League teams. That sadly has to be considered, right? Like, if I if I'm in a let's say like someone like Crimzo is FA, he yeah. now doesn't need a buyout. He might command like a silent bonus bonus or whatever. That might amount yeah. to the same same thing. But yeah, like you're not evaluating free agents solely based on that because a lot of teams also have different pools. They have salary pools. Mm. And they have buyout pools, and they need to allocate them. And like the general managers or whoever's handling the finances, very often needs to pitch that to the ownership and say, "I need that pool and that pool." And some orcs are even this antsy to say, "Well, yes, you have hundred k left in in the buyout pool, but that's not in the salary pool. No go. Like that's not like we mm. can't move it around. Like you gave us a budget. This is what you got to deal with. So, um, yeah, for sure. Like keep in mind." Some of those free agents, unfortunately, and it has been the case very often, that these dynamics have absolutely decided who's going to make it to the Overwatch League or not. Do you have a buyout? Do, are you teamless? Um, do you demand like a sign-on bonus, even though you deserve one? Like, it, this has decided careers before. It's the financials of running a professional sports league. Uh, okay. That's just the case globally across anything. So, good context. Thanks for that, Yusuke. You know, yeah, I think I, I probably missed it. In, in, on one part, I was thinking, well, that probably only applies to academy teams. And I kind of realized, well, every team could have a buyout. Um, so there are some so South Korean organizations. Some of them have been back at us for sure. 
in the past. Mm-hmm. Like some oh, some of them actually mean. recoup their uh, investment in the players what they paid, right? Like, I'm sure Runaway got a bag for selling the original team to Vancouver, like yeah. wholesale. Yeah. I'm sure they got a bag for that. I think um, KDP does as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any team, there's a bunch of teams from South Korea that have shipped off ten plus players to the Overwatch League. Um, some of them are still folded, like Runaway and Element Mystic still end up folding, which is so strange to me because I would have imagined they could have recouped, but who knows? Maybe the cost just of running about, the teams yeah. were just too high. Um, but and it's kind of kind of crazy because we're talking about the most, some of the most successful tier two teams of yes. all time, and even then they still end up folding. Yeah. So that's a bit wild. One that's kind of stood the test of time though is O2 Blast, who recently won Contenders Korea Season Two Finals. Um. Casted by yours truly, that was actually played on LAN uh, in the Busan Esports Arena, which um, had a limited audience as well. So that was kind of cool, oh, cool to actually cast a live event. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there, but um, the actual players were, and there was a lot of, you know, in on LAN shots and et cetera. And then they get to do a, an actual trophy lift live and all that kind of stuff, which is great rather than just seeing people on a bunch of webcams celebrating, mm. which, you know, is for the most part what everyone else and or other esports kind of have to deal with on some level. Uh, so that part was quite cool. Our O2 Blast were the favorite team. And they actually didn't win comfortably. It was a four and three result. Um, but there's a lot of talent in Korea. That doesn't really need to be said. Everyone knows that Korea is just monstrously full of talent. A lot of these guys coming out from Contenders Korea could be absolutely huge in the Overwatch League. Uh, but there is a bit of conflict in terms of buyout statuses there obviously yes already touched on buyouts and that could affect some things a lot of academy teams as well there's a real high potential that if you look at teams like t1 for example which is the academy team of the fusion if mm. they wanted to bring over a fusion uh, a t1 player into the fusion it probably wouldn't be that hard because they already own that contract so yeah could be something there not too sure i mean and for a lot of these teams this will be a huge deal right like a preda comes to mind um like p- promotions are like much easier, of course, in terms of mm-hmm. like uh, academy team to main roster. And Soul I think... have done that a lot. Soul so... promote all the time, and they probably will do again. I could totally see Stalker moving up, right? Like theoretically speaking, as like a backup. Even though I don't know, like if that's wor- like the investment you're getting there, you're probably also getting a pretty decent back for him in the market. And it also depends what the player wants to do. Like, like very, it's. It's not too often the case that a player in the Overwatch League is forced to stay somewhere against his w- absolute will and mm-hmm. play there. Like often, even in the in, or like recently publicly, we saw like uh, um, with the branch rate. Not only is it true that, uh, for instance, Atlanta lets players move if they do have an opportunity that they want to pursue because they want guys that want to be there, but it is also the case that this happened for Atlanta. Uh, in the Kai situation, like that was pretty public, where Kai had a slightly better offer with another organization last year, and that organi- like Kai would have liked um, or wanted to more play for the rain, and therefore like they um, they made that work right. So it's not as cutthroat as business could be, and where you're forced to just be there. I think they realize like a player that doesn't want to be in your team in a game as heavily reliant on grind as overwatch is probably not the way to go mm-hmm. yeah um so you have na and also eu that have concluded and there's a lot of talk about 
where the ex American Tornado players are going to go. Obviously, they've split themselves up across various teams. Red Bird Esports, namely, being the the predominant one to talk about. Mm. But there's been some heavy interest in those players. A lot of rumors circling around those specific players. Um, rumors surrounding them going to Atlanta, potentially Mayhem, any other team that wants to focus on more North American talent. Some part of me thinks this is a great idea in terms of it's it's good that finally NA contenders talent gets a real shot because for the longest time in Overwatch League's history, NA and EU talent on some level uh, domestically, they've been kind of overlooked in favor of Korean talent, which mm. is also understandable because Korean talent has been phenomenal. Um, but NA talent, it's like hard. I was, like, I was looking at Wub's journey from last season well last year's contenders to this season of overwatch league and there's just so few teams that you can actually join as a western player it's either got to be a mixed team or an actual western team of which there's barely any of mm-hmm. every other there's a lot of full korean teams out there or like a or maybe it's a korean maybe it's a chinese on a roster or maybe it's a korean chinese roster and all of those are no-goes complete no-goes for a Western player at all, whereas that's been completely open now. It does, on the other hand, though, the opposite of that would be that depending on how far down you're going in the contenders pool for NA or EU or anywhere, really, talent does probably start to fall off quite sharply. So once you get past the American Tornado guys, yeah, there's probably still some relatively good individual pieces. But if you go too far down, like maybe you go three teams down and you start dropping off from there, like guys, it's getting real bad mm. after a while. So uh, once Ameri- once Atlanta and Mayhem kind of scoop up everyone they want, if you're still trying to go full Western after that, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. There's two kind of meta discussions around, I think, the Western contenders regions in general that has been very kind of wholesome and very kind of heartwarming for me in particular where I look at a team like Redbird Esports, who obviously is, uh, you know, partnered with a collegiate, you know, system in general. Um, And I look at that and I I kind of hope that that continues. Obviously, we've heard the announcement about Overwatch uh, Homecoming. Um, Don't know if there's been any updates on that, but uh, I I do enjoy the the push for collegiate esports, at least in uh, in North America. Um, And then secondly, you talk about, you know, Western free agents. There are some, you know, there are some rookies that are coming in that I would love to see form a team, maybe including some of the Western free agents that are on the market right now in, and maybe try to not develop them. That, that, that sounds a little too aggressive, but you know, I think that would be a really interesting story to kind of look at going forward with an overwatch, taking somebody, you know, some names we'll get to a little bit later that, you know, are without a home right now and, and pairing them with some of these younger talents trying to maybe take them under their wing or be that veteran voice that they need to kind of stay calm and seeing what that looks like. Because yes, I agree where Avril's saying like, if everybody's going Western, there's really not enough talent in this, this, you know, region of the world to really kind of go around. So you are kind of grasping at straws, but if you do kind of slot over some of those, those bigger names, I wonder if you could do a lot with a little. You'd have to be, you know, You'd have to have a lot of hope in there mm. because you're not only you're building for a new game, but you're in a very competitive league that's only gotten more and more competitive. 
sure. every single season. And okay, you know, we can bring up the argument that some teams and, and maybe an ever increasing amount of teams are looking to go more budget, but I still haven't really seen the level of play drop. Some teams just don't com- compete at all. And there's, mm. there's going to be like three to four teams that maybe just simply don't compete, but then you get past that and everyone's phenomenal. So uh, there's a level where like, you know, there's a there's definitely a bar in the Overwatch League that's quite high currently, and I wouldn't be surprised if that continues even with a new game, um, as there's just phenomenal talent that you can't ignore. And to be fair, in EU as well, like I don't know what the exact status is going to be, but if you're looking at EU, uh, Falcons Esports just won there as well. So Redbird won in NA, no surprises. Falcon Esports, Falcons Esports rather won in EU. Um, British Hurricane actually only came third, so yeah. I don't know what's going on with British Hurricane. They're no longer the dominant force they used to be. Um, Danit even gets one over his former team on Shoes Money Crew, who ended up coming second in the most recent tournament. Um, and so I don't know if... I assume Paris is probably looking at EU talent. Maybe they'll mix up mm. with some NA talent as well. Um, London's probably looking at these teams, so there's definitely less opportunities for the EU players even beyond, because the NA players at least have the advantage of being locally and domestically in North America. And it's easy for them to, you know, just play due to legal status there. Or if they're Canadian, just come over and it's probably a lot easier than getting a European player over. So there's that going for them. Um, It's definitely tough for the Europeans and yeah, feel bad for them. But at the same time, I think Europe's just in a weird place. They have the level of play in Europe is probably still a little bit below uh, on average, I'd say the top level teams in the past have competed. Yeah. Like old British Hurricane versus American Tornado is still pretty good, but like talent in EU probably drops off a cliff even harder than it does in NA after a certain level. The one thing that I appreciate about this season, and I won't claim to have watched a lot, um, but I when I when I look at EU and I remember it fondly through the lens of Overwatch One, I remember teams like Clockwork Vendetta. I look at Aw, oh, yeah. And I'm like, this region does produce some like comically stylistic teams mm-hmm. like that will just take the most goofy compositions and like become a problem, not a threat, a problem. Right. And they eventually get solved later on. But like there's that 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 start of the week two, Right. You know, early week one where it's like they upset some big name team that has a lot of expectations packing around them. And it's like, I, I, I look at London and I look at Paris. I'm like one of like one of these teams or maybe even a Western team, you know, that's, that's kind of shifting visions um, coming into Overwatch too. I'm like, I wonder if that's a possibility in the Overwatch League, not, not a high level kind of like cheese team, but like trying to be like overly stylistic, like we saw last year and taking that to like the next level. I, I appreciate that about EU. I know that's kind of a backhanded compliment, but there's do like there's limited mileage on that. I mean, all yeah. yeah for all they've done, still end up finishing outside oh, the course. top four yeah. at the end of the day. Um, you get red and you get figured out if you're a cheese team mm-hmm. eventually. Did you um and did you see the rollout on Eichenwald by Hurricane for that? No, yeah, what that was dude. That was some. <laughs> that was some meta Athena 2017 garbage, bro. <laughs> so. Just to explain to those guys who haven't seen it, uh-huh. Hurric- uh, Hurricane is defending. Yeah, they you haven't even told what map. It- 
I say what map it is. No, I, I said on Eichenwald. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Eichenwald okay. A, yeah. So, okay. they're on Castle on the tower. Like, after oh, the gate, right? Yeah, yeah. So, on B. On B. And they, it's still before the map starts, right? So, they're sitting there. They're main wall boosting up the Reinhardt and the Lucio. And mm -hmm. they jump over the castle. It's a really yoinky, like, um, type of rollout. I'm not sure, like, Eric is trying to bring it up, but unfortunately, it probably will be too laggy. But, um, and they just, like, have this weird rollout, also with Doomfist, where they drop into the choke and try to get someone. It fails yeah. horribly, but that was some meta Athena garbage, yeah. bro. Like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of shit that we used to get a lot. And that's, that is some of the, this is my hope for, like, let, let me see. Actually, this, this might work, so. Um, let's put it on here. So they're boosting up here. Boom, charge, jump, and die horribly. And then die, <laughs> and then just lose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's the kind of play that you can only do one time, and then yes. everyone knows about it. Yeah. Yep. You can never do it again. Yeah. Um. You so gotta respect them for trying you, it. You yep. gotta hope that it works. Yeah. Um. Well, they mistimed it because the doom goes in slightly earlier than the Ryan, and she yeah, dies, yeah. and they get all get walled off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, okay. So that's that's like a, that's just some weird, some weird stuff that happens. Uh, or you go, you can just be good at the game and win normally. But that's just it's a <laughs> sort of side, isn't it? Um. So this is probably going to be it for contenders. Uh. Oh, oh yeah. well, actually, hang on. China is still finishing this week. Depending on when you're watching, this week could be at any time. So the China's finishing their grand finals on October the seventeenth. Uh, Australia's finishing their finals on a, October 21st. So uh, two more regions left to go. We will officially end Overwatch 1 professional esports on the Contenders Australia final. So the Australian teams will be the last 12 players professionally playing Overwatch 1 at the end of this year, uh, which is uh, one way to go out. And I'll also be casting that one too. So I'll be sending us, I'll, I'll be sailing us into the night, pushing that boat out, sending it off a waterfall. I might even have, I might even light it on fire first, get that bow out, you know, catch that arrow on fire, send them off, full Viking funeral. Goodbye, Overwatch one. Uh, that'll be the final time. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be it for the year. It's all done and dusted. Uh, and then we'll move forward to whatever's, Gonna happen next year, and eventually, Yusuke is gonna be forced to look at Overwatch Two. Yeah, you can only avoid it for so long. But um, maybe as early as every, February. Yoink, yoink. Every there's there's plenty of room available now. Yeah, as far as free agents go for new teams, there's some exceptional talent individually coming through. I don't know if any teams. I don't know that there's gonna be like too many wholesale movements into Overwatch League. Um, mm. Like, even, for example, we'll, we'll, we'll talk... We'll, we can address the fact that, you know, um, you have teams like Atlanta that still have a decent chunk, so they can't even get a team wholesale. Mayhem could probably do it, but they'd have to find a team that's not been already ransacked by other teams that have gotten there first, or potentially with better offers. And... Like, who knows what some teams like New York are doing and, you know, yeah. what are Valiant doing? You know, they, this is why we're going to talk about teams like mm. that today. Talk about teams like the Valiant because 
there's big question marks um, where the hell they're going and who they, who they're going to get because there's a real chance that when you look at the NA pool, the NA pool is just too limited. Maybe yeah. a few years back, maybe you look back in 2018, you could make more decent teams out of NA. Um, there were way more academy teams in 2018, 2019. Yeah. Things have fallen off big time since then. Yeah. Um, even in Korea, like in Korea, I think it used to be you. I always, I felt like at some level, maybe back in the day in contenders Korea, pretty much every team was competitive. Now you have half the teams are very competitive. Maybe maybe the half teams that I'm talking about, the half teams at the top is so damn good that makes everyone else look bad. And the other bottom half of contenders Korea is still good enough that if they went to NA, they'd be very, very good. But I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that on an eye test. You'd have to actually have some sort of competition internationally to prove that. But there's a lot of stomping happening in contenders Korea. Like I casted more three O's in this season of Contenders Korea than I think I've ever done in Contenders Korea. It's kind of wild. There's been so many three years. I'm like, what is going on? Like, teams are stomping each other at a level that, to me, is unexpected. Um, The skill gap just increased. But it also does mean that Contenders Korea is producing some incredibly good talent, mainly off of, like, three-ish kind of teams, and mainly off the team that's just won the Contenders season in O2+. Spent a lot of time giving them praise, but we all love Proper. We all know he's he's going to pop off and pound. Um, but the rest of his team is also fantastic. Talon have a bunch of great players. Um, T1 have a few great pieces in there, as do CC. CC, who, by the way, have dropped everybody except for Super Rich. So they've done their own little mayhem, little situation here. Uh, they've done their own Houston Outlaws in a way where they just completely bin everyone. Mm. But I think, like, kind of looping back to, like, the start of the show, you know, when you when you release people like that, that's probably a better chance that those players are being picked up because they're not under contract anymore, right? There's no buyout to be kind of argued over in the back channels of the Overwatch League front offices, right? So it's like, if you're if you're going to speculate, maybe that's where you, you make some of your first moves. It's, it's kind of silly from Shanghai. CC is Shanghai's academy team, by the mm. way, if that's the case, because they just lose opportunities to make money. Yeah. Off that. If, okay, here's the thing. At one point, is an, a Western... Or like a team that plays in the West going to take a chance on Chinese talent uh, the same way they're doing on Korean talent? Because I mean, like theoretically it... speaking, the setup is not that much worse. Like from like I don't know why you would think that. So basically, like you're buying a Chinese player. That means you're hmm. installing a Chinese infrastructure for him. You need a translator and whatever. That's likely not going to get a. You are likely not going to get away from that within one season, even though you totally could, right? But it's not like the Chinese talent funnel looks like very exhausted anytime soon. Like China is the Overwatch region, right? And if like if there's pastures that everyone's grazing on, why are you not t- taking the second most green, which easily is China, right? So it, especially like if you look at the the actual Chinese teams, Shanghai doesn't seem to be making any move, moves into China. Like, um, Guangzhou has like a sh- uh, a share. Uh, Chengdu, okay, that's the team. Like that's full Chinese, and then Hangzhou has like a split. It's like effectively like in summation, two teams that even take Chinese players at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. one plus two half teams. That's like twelve people that could be China- Chinese in the Overwatch League. While they are the second biggest pa- talent pool, and there's way more European players than twelve, and there's like way more NA players than twelve. At what point are you going to say, much like League of Legends that once did, 
like, let's actually invest into the this talent funnel that is currently clearly underserved, especially for those that try to make, like, a bargain deal. Yes, I understand, like, maybe the, the immigration law um, prices are prohibitive or whatnot, but, mm-hmm. like, it feels like, in terms of, like, the... Go- um, like finding cheaper opportunities uh, in underserved markets, China is the way to go. Yeah, I would agree. I think, and again, I, I, I won't claim to be in the know or be knowledgeable about this, but I have to imagine that the logistics of doing that is probably a little bit different. Right? That's got to be harder. You, you, you guys saw the, uh, the tweets by Eddie Meng, like COO of uh, The Charge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um so basically he said like they, of course his team has a uh yes a contenders team and they mm-hmm. said like it we, we are totally capable of giving you guys p1s or a p1 aids ace um so like sometimes there are mind barriers to issues where you think like you, you're not even second guessing like mm-hmm. the barrier that you have. I think like uh, there should be a second guessing and a reevaluation. Like as far as I know, like legitimately Valiant underpacking were the only team that were even sourcing that idea. I'm sure others have done it and I haven't I haven't looked at it. Yeah. And I'm sure the fact that we don't have Chinese players on uh Ross is playing in the West probably means something. But like I wonder if the barrier is just like overvalued in the uh, in the minds of those that m- make the roster decisions, because I don't know, dude. Like I still, th- I still, like, I look at the talent pool. I still can't believe Dia wasn't a better option than half of the people that were actually playing in the, his position yeah. last year. I'm sorry. Yes, you're in, you're now having to invest into a different um, like system because like you you might need a Chinese translator or whatnot. But that mm. like you're doing that for Korean players all- anyway, right? Yes, it might not even. Like, Eddie's been saying like a lot of the Chinese talent have just as good of English, if not better, than the Korean talent. Yeah, they all come in English anyway. Like, well, if if you're in a full Chinese team, then maybe not. But um, for the Chinese teams that have a mixed roster, and a lot of them do, a lot of them actually have Koreans in their roster. They come in English, mm. so uh, they have a lot of experience coming in English. They like it's not difficult. I think there's just been some weird misconceptions. And mm-hmm. also, a lot of teams probably, and this is speculation from me, a lot of teams probably, they put into too hard basket. It's actually not too hard, but they just put it into like, I don't want to have to think about that yeah. basket. And it's just like, if I'm going to get an Asian import, we're going to go Korea, is, is the immediate line of thought. Yeah. Uh, that's, by the way, this is the same thing that's happened in League of Legends for the longest time as well. It's like, well, if we're going to get somebody from that side of the world, why don't we just go Korean? Why would you get a Chinese talent? Even though now, even in that game, it's proven that Chinese talent are as good, if not better. They've won enough world championships. They've proven themselves, and yet you're only you've only just seen maybe the first go over to the LCS to sort out. Okay, maybe he bombed a little bit, but that's uh, blame his team more than the players. I think the players fine. Yeah, there's a a couple of different things. It's just been so weird how Western teams have viewed that, where for some reason they view it as more difficult when the reality is that it's actually not. I think that underline. I think. Logistically, if that's sound, then I would like to see more teams try to tap into that because I think Iska touches on a really pivotal point that if if China is going to be kind of the one of the big markets for Overwatch, we either need teams to start paying attention to that or the teams that 
eventually want out, I guess. Um, maybe you replace that with more APAC teams. Maybe you give, you know, not give, but um, you uh, to court uh, Chinese, new Chinese franchises and try to build out that infrastructure a little bit more. Um, I don't know which was easier, to be fair. It's like so weird. Like it's almost like you sometimes just need to see the precedent of someone just like yeah. performing very well with that type of roster. Like I can I can tell you like and it shouldn't. It absolutely positively shouldn't be the case, but if uh, Chengdu had the same success as Shanghai this year, then we would have mm -hmm. a very different look on the transfer market because everyone would be like, "Wait, hold on. Chinese players can win Overwatch League tournaments." Hmm. And then uh, it would be a different perception around these players, right? Do you think so? Yeah. Hey, Molly's so. an Overwatch League champion now. Done. <laughs> it's um, true. Yep. No, but like, they got good enough and close stuff anyway. Like, I don't even yeah. think that. Yeah. You should, they, don't, they shouldn't even have to need to win. I think somebody, to, to, to kind of branch off from your precedent comment, I think somebody just needs to do it first to show that it's possible. And then you yeah. start to see more and more people. I think start it's also to like, that. it's unexplored. Like, they probably haven't yeah. really explored the Chinese scene, they don't know who's good, they don't know yeah. all these kind of things. Like, it's almost like, you, if you're a Western team, you're like, well, I'll do it for leave, but beyond that, I'm not too sure. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's probably the attitude in some cases, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they the probably would. I mean, dude, I think any team would, would love to have someone sure. as good as leave as yeah. long as he's not ultra expensive. He probably is, I don't know. He's worth it, if anything. But um, it's, all, it's almost like you have to be even better as a Chinese talent to even be considered. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's it's quote unquote too hard, yes. right? So, I mean, it's yeah. There's that. Let's keep in mind, like, what kind of team would try this? Probably one that tries to think out of the box, make the, the most bang yeah. for the buck. The problem is, like, the visa process and everything. The cost can be prohibitively expensive for teams like this, right? Like, an organization like the London Spitfire and the Paris Eternal in twenty twenty one who like didn't have team houses and whatever and save big time on not having to have immigration lawyers go over through the cases, even though I think they did for playoffs, not 100% sure. Um, but like not having those costs is basically like, I, I imagine it's probably like 20K, 30K per player. Maybe that's naive. I should have probably researched this, but I think it's a significant portion if you relate that to what you would be paying for endemic talent and what that means to to house them and get them a visa uh, hookup so like in general like i get that this the cost is prohibitive that said i think a lot of these organizations are going to have to play that anyway like um it sounded like uh, in the interview i did with nuki that they were trying to get over i would imagine after the fiasco of like uh like potential hawaii qualification for paris mm. that they want to get over and that Overwatch League has a certain incentive to get everyone over. So the cost is pretty much the same if you're getting a European player over or like a Chinese player. I guess it's like the work paths, like you probably already have your immigration lawyers from the EU to the US lined up in your innermost organization, like parent org or whatever. So that's easier. But other than that, I don't think the costs would be prohibitively expensive in comparison. And I'm sure like after... After a team like Chengdu, who currently probably can pick a la carte for Chinese talent, yeah. um, after they are done, like there will probably be like a lot of 
quality players left. Like, and we have had quality players. Like, we've had Leafs, Jinmus, Eileen's, Gushuis. Like, these are some of the best players in their positions uh, at each respective time. And their value has been demonstrated and should have been demonstrated, by the way, already. Like, I thought, for instance, when World Cup, their success happened, that a push like this would have been likely, especially when the coin wasn't, wasn't as restrictive at, at that time. So, hopefully, eventually, we break through that barrier uh, in Overwatch 2, especially, like, ho hopefully with international travel coming up and that yeah. um, sort of, like, eroding those barriers as oh. well. But, yeah. Last thing uh, we'll talk about for tier two, because we've been on the topic for a long time now, as always, is that um, no idea what the future of tier two looks like with Overwatch 2 on the horizon, because my personal speculation is that it would be hard to run tier two without a release of the actual game. So you're either going to have yeah. to see tier two resume next year as scheduled as normal on Overwatch 1, while Overwatch League goes to Overwatch 2. Or, which would be weird, by the way. Imagine having both Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 esports running simultaneously. It'd yeah. be such a strange thing. Or Overwatch 2, or, or Tier 2 simply can't continue until, you know, a wider audience can access Overwatch 2. And before anyone says, like, oh, yeah, why don't they just give all of Tier 2 access to nah. Overwatch 2 like they're giving Overwatch League? It's like, there's so many people. That is such an yeah. extreme amount of people. And a lot of people who don't have the same level of investment um, for the professional scene in terms of what they could potentially be losing because unless Overwatch 2 is, is so ready that you can I mean if, if you're willing to give it to that many play people in terms of players you'd have to be willing to just go for a public beta at that stage or like a closed beta yep. that members yep. of the public can access. If you're not willing to do that then there's no way you're going to give it to tier 2 players because there's a level of risk there that you just can't afford to take where some dude who doesn't give a shit could just leak it if they want to and you'll be like, how do you even punish them? You know, yeah. they, they they don't care. It's like, well, I don't I, I don't care about going Overwatch League Pro. I'm just leaking it for the lols. You know, yeah. Uh, there's so much risk just just giving it to tier two players in general. To be fair, um, who who don't have anything to lose. Yeah. To be fair, like I think eventually, like the, the same fear, unfortunately, is also the case just by the sheer amount of Overwatch League players that will be there. That like while well, you're probably not getting in-game footage, and I don't think they will make it actually like. A matter of leak. Like, okay. Real talk. If you find something out over the Play Overwatch Twitter, then this is the same time that Overwatch leak GMs and below are finding out about Overwatch 2 right now. Very few people are more clued in uh, than you within the Overwatch League. Right? It sucks. And it's done to prevent leaks, which, by the way, is a stupid idea and actually has absolutely no effect. Like, if you're on the Blizzard side and watching this, it doesn't work. It actively doesn't work. Um, then, like, I think what will happen is Overwatch League players will get access. We'll get, get back to only watch. They actually will be allowed to uh, uh, stream their scrims or pugs, but there won't be an open ranked queue or whatever is going on. Yeah. And... Uh, that in itself, I, I don't know. I, I feel like first time around, that was already so hype-destroying. And um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, generally speaking, uh, I think that's just like logically for me, currently the, the most likely scenario, how, how this is going to go down. 
Yeah, I don't think you can do only watch twice, right? Um, I think one thing that has stuck out, um, I believe Yiska kind of planned this in my head, um, was like the idea of like you're 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 trying to the the bandwidth of your attention these days is is stretched very thin, and there's a lot of esports to go around, especially this month, right? You've got Worlds, you've got TI, you've got mm. all these these big new shiny things coming out. It's like, do I want to just sit here and invest my time into only watch again, right? It's not novel anymore. It, it still looks like Overwatch, even though it isn't. Um, or it's different enough to be different. Um, yeah, I, I hope the messaging is, is, you know, there. I hope they don't just ghost contenders. I hope they give like a clear start date um, with the start of the game or shortly thereafter. I hope that or maybe it's a wish of mine that maybe we get like a, a beta tournament for select regions where, you know, once the open beta does go live to the public that we can actually see uh, a top down organizational effort to try and, you know, give a show match. You know, it's not going to be the best competition, but at least we're trying to put the spotlight back on the path. I don't, even know, a little that, bit. I don't even know that the show match matters like what you got to show up for one game and then not play again it just yeah it's like it's so stupid like it's, it's there's only three outcomes it's either a they get access to watch two same as i watch league players do b they don't get access and that's it nothing nothing happens and they're done or c they they play overwatch one right but that's literally the only three outcomes there's nothing in between um and two of those outcomes are basically like uh, no, okay, one of those outcomes is is pretty bad, but I also think maybe the most likely outcome, which is that they just won't be anything to play. And if you're a player yeah. that's not... This is not... Forget about Tier 2 for a second. If you're a player that was in the Overwatch League this season, and now you've been dropped, or you can't and you can't find a team, uh, and now you can't get back and do the Overwatch League for next season, what do you do? There's no... There's, there's nothing to play in. Um, or if you are playing, you're playing at best in Overwatch 1. So you're kind of fucked. Like it's it's not a great situation to be in. It mm. does seem really strange. Part of me almost as stupid as it sounds, just wishes we just played Overwatch one again next year. Yep. But um and at first that sounds sounds like a super ridiculous statement to make. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like splitting the pro pool and and like kind of getting Overwatch two in early. Mm. create so many problems like an unbelievable amount of problems and it wouldn't be that way if the game was more readily available but like that's just that's just yeah, not i'm not here to preach not, yeah. not gonna hear preach the choir here or anything but <laughs> you 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 do you need like a closed beta you need a minimum like a closed beta that people can start getting access to that are not just pro players uh similar to what valorant were doing with their closed mm -hmm. beta initially right you need something like that to i think have a real pro scene because no, no one wants to do only watch. I, I think the whole this whole only watch thing is ridiculous. So, yeah, um, that will be I, that will be really bad. I think here's here's the here's how it's probably going to go down, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm not leaking anything in terms of uh, like I'll pepper in some stuff I've heard. It's not a confirmed thing. Don't take it more. But I think the timelines are the following: you gotta sign a roster before January without having played Overwatch two. One. Yep. You will soon after get access to Overwatch 2. Hopefully you sign your players on the minimum 30-day 
uh, ability to fire them because you don't know if they're holding up. By February till start of the league, we'll probably have preseason, right? Like we will mm -hmm. have some events. Teams will get some uh, ability to try out their players. If you by that time haven't given contenders players also access, and your team sucks, who are you even signing? Yeah. Uh, who are you signing? It is a, it is a complete gamble on if you you're actually gambling make moves. on you're gambling on Overwatch one players. Yeah, hundred percent. Pretty much. So I think I don't know. Like yes, like if you have let's say I don't know four to six uh, preseason events, and you're playing those, and you're absolutely sucking, and a lot of teams will have troubles, uh, like adjusting to this. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like, I I don't see how this season doesn't become clown shoes. In terms of like, if you like parity, you will hate Overwatch season five with the current setup as it uh, presents itself to me. Ooh. Hmm. So, yeah, it's... To be fair, like, there's, there's such a huge lack of information and things can change yeah. very quickly. Yeah, very right true. now, it's, it's a lot of speculation on, like, the what-ifs and could-bes. Yeah, yeah. For context as well, I, I haven't leaked anything. I'm just speculating as well. I have no idea what it could be. I'm just kind of guessing. Um... Yeah, based on what kind of makes sense to me. So maybe some educated guessing in there. Uh, yeah, it's just like the the best available outcome is that by the time Overwatch to, Overwatch League starts next year, maybe even by preseason, but more realistically by the actual proper start date sometime in April, that simultaneously a closed beta can launch and then mm -hmm. contenders players can start rolling in and very lucky people in the public who maybe watch Overwatch League for a drop can get in as well. That is the that is I think the the best possible yeah, outcome. Yeah. But it requires the game to be ready. The, well, ready enough that you're willing for you're willing to have public people touch that game, yeah. right? And and for the secrets to be out. Secrets being like you know all the stuff that you're hiding right now that you don't want the public to see about the game just yet. Maybe because it's not ready. Once people get to touch that and play with that things are different and i know that devs are hesitant to reveal too much or show too much because um not because they they like to be secretive uh but mostly because unfortunately the general public don't understand what alpha beta and pre-release means yeah they think anything they see at any single point in time is final product and no yeah. matter how hard you say this is not a final product you can slap that shit on screen you can tattoo it on the general public's foreheads they still don't understand that it's that they still don't understand. They still think what they're seeing is a final product, and you couldn't convince them otherwise. It's it's the most ass backward thing, and I hate that people are stupid enough that unfortunately they ruin it. Um, and that is, by the way, also another reason why devs don't communicate as much because anything they communicate, yeah, is taken like heavily at face value. Yeah. Is what's scrutinized because they the general public believe, believes it's a final product. You could say we are currently working on X and Y, and the general public say, oh my god, you see, they're gonna do X and Y thing. That's going to be the final product, and that's what they say. And it's like, are you joking? It's like it, it clearly, yeah. it's not going to be. The, they did not say it was going to be final product, but again, people's brains are small, so they don't understand that. Um, that's it's yeah, also so the situation as it presents itself to show some empathy. Yo, there, there's no good place. There is just no good place. You're sitting there in an apocalypse. You have five children and food for four. Gotta cut one off. You gotta. Like this is Bandy. basically the the. I mean. <laughs> Like, you, you got to make some, like, really grave inflictions 
uh, that depart from like a clean running of everything. Mm -hmm. Like, if you wanted to have it squeaky clean, we'd be playing Overwatch 2 right now, right? That's already the case. Yeah. Like, if you want to run the league next year, then people could now, like, get on Overwatch 2, lock on, you could start to develop some skill sets. People could then maybe, like, in, in January, start trialing, um, and we'd start the week by April. It would still not be optimal, but it would be pretty good. That doesn't seem to be an, an option. So, I mean, you got to leave some behind. It's just how it is. Like, it's, it's, no. it's a sh shit sandwich, and you got to take a deep bite, dude. Like, it's, it's unfortunately the case. I can't, for the life of me, remove the idea of reverse hero pools out of my brain. Oh, Where God. instead of banning heroes... Mean? Every month we add a new Overwatch 2 hero, and that's mm. like the beta progression for next season. Reverse I, hero pools. Sorry, did, you just did you just describe how normal, normal like games or service games work? Like new yes. comes in regularly and, and but gets added in? Because Blizzard is Blizzard, that doesn't work that way. We have to yeah. pack, package oh, it. I would I, love sorry, to. Incorrectly, incorrect. It does work that way. It's just that. Oh yeah, it works out way outside the house. Yeah. In, in the real out, world, but in it, the it house works it doesn't. that way for all the other Blizzard games. Yeah. It's just the unique circumstance Overwatch means it doesn't work right now for Overwatch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it does actually work out. Like fucking mm -hmm. Hearthstone just got a new game mode for fuck's sake. They're still getting regular content all the time. Same as well. Anyway. Um correct. With that, the final thing I'll say about the apocalypse is don't have children. Like what the fuck? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing you can do in an apocalypse. Just have a kid. Like, how many apocalypse stories and entertainment and movies it's ruined because of this, some some kid man. is born in an apocalypse and they're just like, and then it cries and the zombies come and kill you. It's like, come on, you you are really not going to live and survive if you have a kid in an apocalypse. This is one of the, one of the things that will absolutely ruin you. So, uh, if you want to live, don't have kids. I mean, so you, that's that. They they're probably like, if you're running away from zombies, like giving it a little trip and having the ability to run faster, you know, like, oh <laughs> it's a pretty good God. <laughs> survival tactic, you Jesus, know? Yes, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I was hurt, okay? I started out the podcast saying though. I That's was hurt. That's true. You did, you did warn us. You don't, let, you, don't, you don't leave me too much to work with there. So <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to pretend that didn't happen. How about them player and, transfers, boys? And now we're going to go over to actual... Look there, little later. Oh, look, we beat we beat the timer by six minutes, guys. Crazy nice. that. Uh, not almost an hour later, we're finally going to get to the meat and potatoes of what we're here for. Um, start with teams that we didn't really talk about last week. So mm. context. Uh, welcome to the podcast, and now we're going to talk about Overwatch League transfers, contracts, free agency, etc. Uh, we're going to go through it team by team. Not every single team is going to get talked about. I'm sorry. If you're just here for a very specific team, go to the timestamp and that'll be there. Um, but knowing us, we're going to be we're going to be weaving in and out of a, a couple different lanes at several points because uh, especially Yiska loves to drag us off topic. So <laughs> my brain works. Let's start, let's start with the Atlanta Rain, where we didn't talk about them at all last week because. Mm. Nothing had been announced. No information was given at all. Now, looking at the contract database, which is just the webpage, it is Edison free agent contract expired. 
Um, Kai's been re-signed under a new contract. Pelican's option has been exercised, but it's heavily rumored to be eventually traded. So his option being exercised is probably similar to Yaki and mm. that he's been retained for a buyout and trade value. Uh, to be seen, that's the rumor anyway. Gator and Hawk have signed under new contracts as similar to Kai. Iris and Master are now free agents with Iris's contract having been Master's team option declined. So they have only retained technically four players, but I suspect only actually three in Kai, Gator, and Hawk. Yeah. I think that's the big exception um, that kind of paints where Atlanta seems to be moving is, you know, obviously we've heard reports and rumors that they, they're looking at, you know, certain players from the West. Um, I think, again, the big exception is Pelican. Um, and maybe we can open this up to the floor. Exploring both worlds of do they trade Pelican? Should you keep Pelican? Is it like worth any kind of like weird logistical balancing act where it's like, yeah, you're you're kind of by yourself. Do you still want to play here? Do you want to play full? You know, you want to be on a fully Korean team? Is there something that, you know, do they want to still invest in trying to facilitate that? Like, I don't know what's what's the best case scenario, because obviously you want to keep the rookie of the year, right? I think in, in a perfect world. Yeah, that's something that you well, want to keep. Yeah. Do you? Because you, maybe you do. But uh, let's reference Brad's tweet real quick. Brad, head coach of Atlanta Rain. He says, when a player makes a heartfelt request, you do everything in your power to accommodate it. Mm. That is heavily implied. Yet yeah. We are kind of reading between the lines here. And it's implied to be talking about Pelican requesting to be traded. Yeah. Yeah. To where, though? Which? Where would he go? This communicates three things. There's three things Mm -hmm. I think it could be. And this is honestly no leaks. Like, I have no behind-the-scenes info on this. But three things it could be. One, it could be Seoul. Like, this kid has been, like, through some health issues um, and probably wants to stay in Korea just to be taken care of there. Probably wants to be close to family. Let's be honest. This kid was an absolute fucking trooper throughout the season. Like, playing... With collapsed lungs and what was it collapsed lung? Am I imagining? Yeah. So. yeah. Like even just the one lung, I think. Considering yeah. travel with this, like this kid is nuts, right? Like in terms of what he's able to or wanting to do for a team. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to to say, okay, I want to stay in Seoul. You know, which other team is very likely going to stay in Seoul? Philly. So sure. that's the second team I could see, um, which is probably more likely than Seoul because. I mean, Seoul has profits, and that's like, do you want to play behind profits or with they profits? in the market. Uh, that, yeah, I'm not sense. sure if that, that you would love that. Um, and then the third one, and this one has me half-masked, is that he wants to be, wants to team up with Proper again. And mm. whatever team he goes Wherever to, they, go. they, they want to play with each other. I'm not sure if there's even a friendship or whatever. Like, it could also be some some other thing like this, where it's like mm-hmm. he wants to like be connected to a personal relationship that we don't know about and wants yeah. to team, and this guy is going there. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it was just like in Korea again. Yeah. So I mean, why not? Why not do a mix of both? You know, there's a team out there that has consistently high expectations every season that has the money, at least assumedly to spend on a championship roster that has never really won anything 
why not put them both on Philly, right? Why not do both of those options? I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. Where we were just like, this is probably what should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, we, there's a, it's very, okay, if you, we've got a process of elimination here, is it's very likely that Pelican probably wants to play on a Korean team in Asia, ideally <laughs> in Korea. Uh, you've already talked about the health issues there, which are probably quite important. Um, so that that's number one. When you start to look at, well, okay, well, who's going to be in APAC? You have your standard five APAC teams plus Fusion who are potentially staying. Um, then there's, that's the options. It's not going to be Chengdu. There's a Chinese team. Yeah. He probably, I have to imagine, would prefer to be on a team that's in Korea physically rather than going to China. Sure. It's probably not going to be Shanghai just because they have their roster locked up. And Shanghai, uh, I mean, they don't need him. I'm going to be clear. They, yeah. they really don't. They have three DPS already. And the, the flip duo, the flitter lip duo is so powerful that I don't think you want to touch that at all, to be honest with you. So Shanghai, Chengdu, eliminate from the equation. You got the two Joe teams in charge and Hangzhou Spark. Um, could he go to either of those? I'm sure they would like him. Yeah. You pair him up with Choi Sehwan, powerful with Eileen as well. Really sh- a powerful trio there. Um, you put him with Architect Shy, could be a powerful trio there as well. But again, the question will be, does Pelican really want to go to a team based in China? Mm-hmm. So then you have Seoul, where, as Jessica said, there is the Profits duo that already exists. To be fair, it's a similar argument where like, you could make a trio out of Profits plus Pelican, which is similar to where he'd be if he was on any of the two Joe teams. He would be in Korea, so that's quite attractive. Um, so that's a good shout. And then, then who's left after that? Whoever I mentioned, we got the four Chinese team done and dust. That's Solgan. So it's just Philly left then. Philly's left. But for anyone asking, what about New York? It's not entirely clear what New York State is. There, if, mm. if New York do stay in APAC and stay in Korea, there's an option where he teams up with Flora. That's pretty hot. Um, yeah. But when you really look at it and where the stars could be aligning, Fusion have a lot of empty spaces on their team as far as DPS goes. It's just Carpe right now, and you can build a damn good team with, with Pelican there, put in with Carpe, maybe an extra in there, and who the hell knows. So, um, Eric's just said Valiant. Let's just let's be clear that it's not <laughs> happening, so we can forget about that for a second. And as far as we know, it doesn't look like any teams joining APAC, but, you know, never say never. Sure, yeah. So, that's probably what it looks like. I but we spent a lot of time on Pelican. What about the rest of the team? I mean, we, we talked about the fact that they've retained three players mm-hmm. and it's looking like they'll go for Western. They're rumored to be picking up American Tornado players. So this could be a team that is rumored to have Kai, Nero, Gator, Hawk, Ultraviolet, OG as yep. their six-man core. I like that team. And I think a lot of people are initially going to be very bullish on that team, especially fans of contenders. Um, but I have a funny feeling Atlanta's gonna follow like the same playbook, or it's not even their playbook. It's just like what they get painted, where it's just like the the community like undervalues them in like retrospect or in the background of like the entire Overwatch League, where there's like so many like crazy signings and so many crazy trades. It's just like yeah, okay, that's the Western team that ends up doing extremely well at the end of the season, who does well in playoffs, who does probably end up winning a tournament. Um, I think Atlanta probably just ends up overperforming expectations like they always have um, with with a fully Western roster. I, 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 I do 
do believe that. I do. I do kind of read the tea leaves there. I, I the like. Context, they just came second in the Overwatch League. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the benchmark set now. Mm-hmm. Um, I dare say, like, it's highly likely that whatever next result they get might end up just having to be worse than that, because people will argue, and I may even agree. Yeah, that there there could be some downgrades if you get anybody in that's after Pelican might feel like a bit of a downgrade. I think Nero is a great player, but sure. Pick, pick is it Pelican? Pelican. Pick yeah. between Nero and Pelican. Who are you choosing? You know? Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. You're probably choosing Pelican. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the other players as well. Dude, Master played out of his mind this year. Such a good talent. Mm. OG is probably good, but is he better than Master? I'd, I'd, I'd pick Master personally. Iris versus Ultraviolet. To be fair, I haven't seen too much Ultraviolet. Um, but Dude, Iris was in contention this year to be like someone on, on or close to a level of yeah. having impact, like Shu. You know, he was too, he's being talked in the same sentence as Shu, sure. right? Um, whether you actually believe that to be true or not is up to you. Your in terms of what your where your opinion is, but he was a highly regarded player in terms of mm-hmm. what Iris would bring to the team. So we're talking about some big pieces lo- that uh, are being let go from Atlanta that are leaving Atlanta, where. You know, this is the team that took you to second place, and I don't, I don't know that they're gonna have a team that can do that again. Because now that you've reached that target, it feels like that becomes your benchmark for where you, where you'd like to be in future as well. I think that's where it should be. I just don't know if that's where the community kind of places them. If that makes sense, um, that, and I think that I would value we have to kind of take into consideration that we're also going into a new game and I would make the process as easy as possible and creating a, not a team that definitely try. It sounds like it's trying to undermine the 2021, you know, brain. And that's not the case, but trying to take the path of least resistance and transitioning into a new title, I think is very important. And I, I like where Atlanta specifically is headed. Yes, individually, they may have some downgrades, but in the context of a new game, I don't know if that necessarily holds up. I don't know if it holds up when we look at the overall strength of the league, right? Right. There's a lot of like variables that we have to kind of hand wave away that could result in them ending up, you know, in a similar position, maybe not as high, but in a similar position. Here's what I'll um, I'll concede is I think um, Brad has a good eye for talent. Yep. Mm-hmm. and that he does a great job of signing rookie talent. He's got a proven record of finding good rookie talent, so yep. um, I've got a lot of trust in him for that. Uh, but that's pretty much Atlanta. It's a lot of a look-and-wait-and-see kind of situation, although wouldn't be surprised if most of the teams are going to end up being a bit of a wait-and-see sort of situation. Yeah. Final note for Atlanta is that Dongman, their uh, play manager slash translator for the team, is also gone. He's LFT, which further emphasizes and further um further adds to the rumor that Atlanta are more than likely going full western like if you've gotten rid of your Korean translator then I mean you're not gonna need one if you're all speaking English are you so mm. that's Atlanta done Boston uprising where I think we briefly touched on them last yeah. week but they've made some now we can talk further about where they are. Because uh, we didn't have this info last time, but Gable, she is actually still on the team under his existing contract. 
So I believe last week we were assuming that Punk was coming back and Gable Shin wasn't. Yeah. And actually they're both coming back. Punk had his option exercise, so he's been re-signed. Gable she's on his existing contract. Um Valentine has had his op- option exercised, and Faith had his option exercised. So there's three players that are exercising their plus one and one player that's just continuing their current contract. Everyone mm. else either got declined or their contract expired. So they currently still have four players, one more than what we thought last week. And what it does mean is that probably not looking for another tank. You've got two off-tank players. Between Gebelshi and Punk, you're looking to cover all of Overwatch 2's tank options from those two alone. No man tanks, by the way, but maybe you don't need one. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe uh, they're, they're setting a precedent, if anything, which yeah. I'm sure um, Yiska's keen to get into, which is that teams are not really looking at main tanks. They're looking at a lot of off-tanks. Yeah, like it's the worst time of the year to be to be a main tank, right? like or possibly the worst time ever, right? Like if Eric wants to bring up the the graphic, like he crunched some numbers, and if memory serves right, it's like if you look at the the sheer talent, uh, the 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 contract roster contract sheet. Of course, this is not the final product, but it definitely constitutes a trend towards like what career security for main tanks looks like at the moment, right? So mm-hmm. we're looking at uh, the numbers, and I'll put this on so you guys can follow along. But um, so in terms of those that stayed, just like look at the sheer numbers in comparison um, to everyone else. So like, if I'm reading this correctly, is it only twenty percent um, uh, in terms of uh, so thirty percent in terms of the main tanks? Um, but then compare that to every other role, of course, right? And it's, I don't know, like, yes, like, it, it makes some sense that because you're getting rid of a tank, of course, this, this was always going to be the case. But it also seemed the logical case that you were going to keep two tanks because, like, it's the most volatile role and you kind of needed to, like, in my mind, that's the role that you'll probably double um, setting up. Like, if yep. you have to sign six players... Because you don't know what's coming. That hasn't crystallized yet. And to be fair, it's probably also going to be one of the roles that's going to be more signed as we progress and have a better idea what main tank will even look like. But still, dude, like, I mean, it, it somehow validates the emotions that tank players had when that news came out. It's not just that yeah. they are losing their way of play and don't have a an off tank or a main tank to coordinate with within their role and their mm. game is going to significantly change it's also that it really like jeopardizes their career security and let's be honest like just by the fact that you're not being picked up now and you can't even play the game that you eventually want to be a pro player on that must be massively fucking with your mental at this point right like yeah. you don't know if you're going to be picked up next year for um for an Overwatch League team so in in general, like, it is, it's such an unfortunate state of affairs, and I don't even know how you can, like, you gotta really be in love or out of options to really stick with it if you're like a tier two main tank, um, mm. and just like try to get picked up because like your chances got slashed in half pretty much, and um, now you're trying to be a pro player in a game you 
probably won't have access in for the longest time while your direct competitors for the role can sooner than yep. you are possibly we don't know yet so um i don't know this is this again this is one of the children that you have to cut off just like there's not enough food bro like what can you do right fucking zombies yeah for, yeah for sure fucking zombies I'm going to hop off the fence. Uh, I think I've established myself as a perennial fence sitter. You know, oh, you know, asterisk this, you know, parentheses that. Um, I think the manufactured exodus of the main tank is is definitely something that's going to bite a lot of overarch teams in the ass. Um, I look at the game and I know it's going to be different in the long run. 100% it's going to be different and you're going to need a lot of flexibility. And maybe that's something that main tank has never been asked. But especially with the first season of a new title, you have to pull from a base that's, you have to pull from a base of information that's so small that the only, and again, maybe my pea brain, my smooth, you know, monkey brain only can see Overwatch 1 is the archetype, the skeleton that you're going to work from going into a brand new season in a new game. I don't think, at least I hope, I hope that many teams are very quick, if it's the case, to to sign a lot of these main tanks that have been left out in the dark. Um, I think, it, you know, again, this manufactured me- exodus of main tanks is is going to bite a lot of teams in the ass. And I don't know that like the double flex um, signing is 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 going to pay off. It's a risk because you don't you actually you don't, don't know. know. Yeah, we don't know yet. The safe thing to do would be to retain one of each. Yeah. But if we go back to what I said last episode, last week I said that the ideal scenario for every single team, um, and we're playing like very heavily like perfect world ideals yeah. here, is that you want only one tank that plays yeah. everything, ideally. And, you know, if you're keeping double off tanks, then you're giving yourself at least an option with a second player, but these guys will have to be picking up main tank roles well they have to be picking up main tank heroes to extend their hero pool mm-hmm. so the safe way to do it would be to retain one of each and they both dip into each other's pools and they both learn from each other they just learn the opposite role uh whereas here you know if if neither player ends up being able to successfully pick up those main tank positions properly or those main tank heroes properly you could be in trouble but you also might not be like you could be lucky as shit as well where like you opening beta meta is heavily off tank favored in terms of mm. those heroes instead of the main tank heroes um so who knows maybe you get super lucky that maybe like sigma is the prime tank hero to play because he simply does everything and sure. guess what you've got a two off tanks that really know how to play sigma well especially punk he's well known for his sigma you've you're you're, you're good you're good to go like you've uh you've lucked out heavily but it's a full gamble everyone's gambling yeah. i mean all joe all and yeah, all this yeah all of this for roster construction is gambling across the board. I even talked last week about the fact that I would gamble on doing double flake support. Now, Boston don't have anyone else outside of those four players. They have one main support. So they've actually gambled on a main support player, funny enough. Mm. They didn't They didn't gamble on Youngbot. They kept faith. And I think, yes, you explained last week that uh, Boston have very... I don't want to use the pun of saying high faith in faith, but like yeah. they, they have a lot of... They, they definitely buy into the stocks with faith a lot yes um and then beyond that like valentine super flexible player color hex i don't know if he has the personal skill level 
anymore. I don't want to. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to speak out of my ass either. He may. He might actually still be pretty good, but he didn't get a lot of opportunities this year. Uh, and then I'm 37, who is probably a bit more of a rigid player in terms of hero pool. He's very much yeah. a specialist. So I get it. You keep your generalist player and probably your of the of the available options. Who who was probably your star DPS of the year anyway? And Valentine. Uh, and then you move on with that. As far as we can tell, Laurie has been kept onto the team, and I have to imagine they were probably okay with Laurie's performance, even though his team definitely didn't play. Definitely, Boston probably fell below expectations. Regards, but maybe they're happy with the coaching, so they don't want to touch that right now. Um, Boston, by the way, it's probably one of the areas that is very that is maybe the only place that, you know, options from outside of NA can really land onto. I'm looking at maybe some more overlooked Korean players could jump onto Boston. I actually could see Boston being the type of team that could take a shot on Chinese players. They wouldn't spend a lot on them, but they could be a, a team that looks at a Chinese player that's not otherwise going to pick them and be saying like, hey, we can give you something close to minimum, but that's about it. But to be fair, that's better than what you're currently getting, which is no offers. Because probably a lot of teams are not looking at Chinese players at all, right? So Boston could be doing that. Boston are famous as a team for actually looking beyond the obvious options and going for mm-hmm. other options that people do not look at for a number of reasons. A, because uh, from a value and financial standpoint, you know that that makes a lot of sense as far as price goes. Uh, and then B, they they've been another one of those teams that have really gone out of their way to try and scout further and more properly than most teams would and they benefit of that they can they've sold a lot of their own players their own good plays to a lot of other teams in the overwatch league through good scouting so i don't see that changing anytime soon it's probably mm. the only place that australian players can go anywhere any anyway but unfortunately adam probably can't join the team because punk's already there and gable she's in that slot so that's going to be a dead end uh same with dank but maybe a player like nami who's looking reasonable but will still be a gamble um, could get signed for a minimum. I don't know. Boston is probably going to be a landing place for a lot of. I don't want to see. I don't want to say like refugees of Overwatch, but in a way, the they kind of have that reputation. Yeah. Were you surprised that? I, I mean, I get stand one not being resigned because like unknown tank situation, whatnot, and especially like if you already have Galbushi on on an existing contract, you probably don't want three tanks on that. That makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Young Bong was surprising. Like, it, this is not, like, contract expired. This dude is now looking for a new team. That they chose. This is option declined. Right? I think that's yep. a mistake. Unless Lori's out here trying to, you know, make handshake deals and has already I mean, kind of... You don't know the full story. It could be that Myung Bong asked for a million dollars. You know, I don't know. Sure, yeah, that's true. I mean, he can't. It's... Right? Oh, because it's an extension of his... Yeah, it would have been oh, a plus one. Right, yeah, it's a plus one, which means it would have been extending his current contract. Or oh, he's so just like asked to leave. It. Sure. Or they're like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll just... Could have been a personal reason. Him. Yeah. Because you're not wrong. That is weird. That is a weird thing. I, I would have imagined that Myongbong was uh, a good shot going to the next game. I think flex supports are more attractive options to start with. Yeah. But they didn't exercise the option at all. Yeah. Could it be that Myongbong can can Myongbong decline his own option? Actually, that could be a thing. Does he think he could have a better shot in the free agent pool? The I don't know. Thing is, like Boston has always been like an economic roster, mm. and I would imagine like if they thought Myongbong commands like some sort of buyout, 
that they just sign him on and try to get some money for him, even though, like, unfortunately, the talent pool in, uh, in flex support is very stacked. I think you can make a very dispassionate move here, even though I will say, I think, I'm not sure what's happening, of course, but like, the way Myeongbong stuck to the, through them through the misery into this season and believed in the project again should probably mm -hmm. give him some goodwill with the organization, but. Theoretically, you could make the dispassionate calculation and say, let's not pick up this option. There's a ton of like qualified high-level like high level flex supports on the market. It's probably not going to be super expensive. And, I mean, we don't have to employ him during the off-season as well. So, like, maybe there is um, there's a more economical choice where we might even get a slight upgrade. Because, like, keep in mind, like guys like Twilight are now on the... Uh, free yeah. agency market, right? And um, Iris and Jonak, Jonak, like this is there's some big heavy hitters in there, and yet now uh, like Gangjun is is he officially released? Yeah, he's he's FA as well. Yeah, yeah. Kareem's like, in there. I know some people don't think Kareem's good, but I, I think he's reasonable. I, I think he's still like a shot. You're, you're right. Yeah, there's a lot of the, and and then there's all the contenders players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can believe that contenders' career, their flex support pool goes deep. There's a lot of damn good. Even players that are on like pretty poopy teams in contenders' career, but individually are just phenomenal. You got like freaks like yeah. Quasar that exist, who, for all intents and purposes, wasn't on the best team this year. But my goodness, is he still individually able to just really do a lot? He can still pull through. You got guys like Aim God, who some people might say is washed, but um could still be a reasonable look um you know and then beyond that you got krillin who's who had a very short-lived career in london before going back into uh into contenders from t1 so it's just such a deep pull for flex yeah. support talent in yeah, contenders sure. career i actually think the more i the more i look into this this is not weird at all this is actually yeah probably a smart move by huck in boston because the pull for flex supports especially good ones are so deep that even if you can't get your first five options which is a lot by the way let's say you don't get the first five because they all get scooped up twilight gets scooped up easily you know iris might get scooped up easily jonah has gone whatever you go five or six players down the list that number five or six players still damn good for you if you're boston yeah no for sure yeah i don't know like maybe maybe you're just feeling very economically minded um Let's okay. Let's not exclude the option that maybe something internally didn't work out. Uh, and no leak, yeah. but this is always like an option, and definitely like very often the case when yeah. weird moves ha happen behind the scenes. Um, so this yeah. doesn't always have to be bad either. It's just he wanted to explore his options. It's a it's a real possibility, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he could request to be released. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's still up to the team on whether they right. take his option or not. Also, he can request to be released and the team can still take his option and not release him. Yeah. Uh, so Could it's up to the team at the end of the day. There's also a third option, by the way, which Eric also points, pointed out. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of Overwatch League contracts have a, a salary increase when you pick up the plus one, meaning like mm -hmm. each year's uh, yeah. more. So if you if you're confident that this guy will just be hovering in the FA pool, you can probably just say, well, you can't play for us again, just with the old salary, you know? And then uh, these guys are able to join and 
it's not the cleanest way, for sure. Like, but like that's just how the well, map do works. Like right? a, do like a thing where almost like space where he's a free agent, but the team is probably planning on re-signing him. They give him an offer, mm-hmm. and then so Boston could do a thing where they decline Myungbong's option. He goes into the FA pool, and then they give him an offer again that is equal to what he got this yep. season. To be honest, they could if they if, if Boston want to be really snaky about, it, they could even make it lower. Um, and then just sure. see what Myungbong does. You sure. can either you can come back for the offer that we give you. We've yep. declined your option, but we'll still give you an offer for a new contract. And then you can just see how you go, or you can remain a free agent. Um, and there's a risk involved there for Boston as well, where if they did do that hypothetically, Myungbong could actually get a better offer elsewhere, and then Boston would lose him. So, you know, there's there's, there's give and take there. Um, not implying that that is actually what Boston doing. Probably sure. what they are doing is what we said in the first place, yeah. which is that the FS position is mega stacked and that by releasing Myungbong and not taking the option, they can potentially get an upgrade, uh, which is more than likely. So Boston done and dusted. There's not too much there for Boston, just that one extra play yeah. in, in GBS and talking a little bit about what's going on with Myungbong. Um, next team was Chengdu Hunters. Oh boy, there's a lot here actually because we had <laughs> yeah. no info on Chengdu at all, and they come back. And my man Luke, the GM of Chengdu, has just said, "You know what? Nine of you can come back to this team." They have given how many? How many? Let's have a look. At this Jimmy still here under the same contract. Jimmy's been re-signed on a new contract. Leave has been re-signed under a new contract. He probably got a fucking bag. Sure. He better have. Yeah. Uh, if he's on a new contract, he's like, motherfucker, I'm the MVP. You better give me a giant pay raise. <laughs> um, Tara Cookie's been retained under the existing contract. Aemung is gone. His contract has been ex- is expired. Uh, Gaga is retained under the current contract. Late Young has had his option declined. Farway, Monk, Nisha have all had their contract, are all still under their current contracts. And Yavalto has had his option exercised. So there is a lot here. We have four DPSs on this team still, four supports on this team still, and one tank for the time being. There's, there's a bunch of surprises in here for me. Like, A, holy shit does Chengdu love their pl- uh, two plus ones, right? Like, how yeah. many guys of those were on existing contracts? Jesus Christ, dude. Um, that's not at all usual. Usually give it, like, to your heavy... Heavy guys give them some mm, yeah. some stability. They just Why give is it to everyone. on a two year contract. Oh, up with that? I don't know. What? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like usually you want, uh, like for the for the team to have some optionality and just say, well, we don't really need you. Is anymore. he on a two year? Wasn't he signed halfway through the year? Yeah. Does yeah. that mean his contract only started halfway through the year or only expire halfway through no, next year? No, they usually. I don't, through... I don't understand how that works. No, I think it, it's just uh, season end set by Blizzard, which is uh, was uh, October days, right? Right, like, so if you join halfway through the season, your one-year contract still only applies for the current season. Yes. So that works? Okay. Yes, and I think my understanding is like you get an annualized rate, so it's not like you sign on for 50k minimum, and then you get the 50k in the four months you might be signed. That's not how it works. It's an annualized salary, right? So... Um, like, but yes, it is very weird to have existing contracts. Uh, because like this is only good for players, theoretically speaking, especially if you're not a top performer, right? Um, yeah. because keep in mind, like a pl- one plus one still gives the team all the op- optionality that they 
they want. Mm -hmm. They can't have you for two years. Um, but yeah, th so that was the first very interesting aspect of this. Second interesting aspect of this is Evelta option exercise. Now, yep. what what happened there pretty publicly, and I think mm -hmm. like maybe it's just this cultural thing because Hangzhou had this as well, like just washing some dirty laundry outside in the open and just like making <laughs> it all known. Like, by the way, this is not like, it, it's not like we don't have dirty laundry in all the other teams. They're just like keeping hush about it, right? And then it cracks at the seams uh, in some of those situations, right? But, like, that was a pretty public fallout. That said, Iveltal, low-key, was actually one of the best main supports in the league. Like, statistically uh, fucking nuts. When uh, he was good, yes, correct. Right? Like, um, and it's, like, hopefully, like, he, he turns it around, and this was, like, the wake-up call. Because sometimes you can be shocked into, um, into proper behavior by just like that being publicly known that you're an asshat and then you can change your ability uh, your your behavior by you know the heat that was created through this being publicly known it makes it much easier to forge your habits and into good uh, uh new habits so that's that one was very interesting to me um and then like Okay, uh, did did Lei Yang retire? Was that one of nope. the retirees? Nope. Okay. Nope. Interesting. Um, and Amen or or Amon contract expiring is also interesting. Expired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I you mean, just keep him on as a team mascot uh, <laughs> and <laughs> give him like minimum. Well, I think he can test the free agency pool yeah. and just be like. But then again, like charge have Rio. Gushui still Gush by this three tanks on Hangzhou. We're gonna get yeah. to them a little bit later, so forget about that. Um, so who else is left? I mean, no other teams will take Chinese players. Shanghai is out of the question. So yeah, Emang only has one option. It's just Chengdu, unless somebody in the NA teams wants to take a risk. Um, Emang's probably one of the more high-profile Chinese players, so yeah. he'd be potentially worth the risk. But I don't know. I don't know if any NA teams would go for that, which means he's probably done. Um, yeah. unless they re-sign him but I think Chengdu have such a monopoly well they don't quite they still compete with Hangzhou in a way of securing Chinese players but they have I think they're the preferred team if you're a Chinese player you'll pr probably prefer to go to Chengdu um, so there's options there they can take their free picking of any Chinese tank play coming up main tank or off tank um, what I find surprising is I, I had this huge discussion we had this big discussion last week about what I think main supports and flex supports are going to be mm -hmm. like an Overwatch 2, and I think flex supports are more valuable. They've maintained two main supports here. Like, maybe they just believe in the system of, of this kind of like, you know, two duos thing happening, or just the, the flexibility of having four supports that you can swap around. But I had to have imagined that with how public and how poor the relationship it seemed between Yvalto and the team, yeah. they would have been him for sure. Um, and just kept Nisha on as the main player, and then have Monk and Fireway fill the rest of the spots. I think that's pretty safe. We're, we're more than likely to have double flex supports, so Monk and Fireway can do that. And then if we do, if if, if that ends up not being the case, and main supports are still relevant, Nisha can come in and play there. But I think mm -hmm. if you if you bet on Fireway Monk, you're probably doing the right thing. May, retaining Nisha and Yveltal, especially Yveltal, 
weird to me. That being said, if Chengdu just have the money and they just whatever, we're just going to throw money at everybody because we don't care. Sign 12 players, just sign an infinite amount of players, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I'm looking at it from the lens of how normal teams would operate, which is to say, for a 5v5 game, you might only want how many people max? Eight players max? Yeah. This is one more than eight, to be fair, but this is including the fact that they don't have a second tank option, and most teams would probably want a tank um, backup, because they don't have that. Damage-wise as well, I would have imagined that you're making space for a Pritter. How does a Pritter fit into this yeah, situation if you've true. got four DPS already? A Pritter is like the the hottest prospect in Chinese DPS coming through from Chinese contenders, and he's already a team chaser player, which is mm. the academy team of Chengdu. He's in the pipeline to be Leaves' duo partner in DPS for next year, but you've got three other people that are still there. Now, there's the argument that, okay, well, Taro Cookie and Jimmy are just under their existing contract, so what do you do? They, they're still contracted. I'm, I'm pretty certain that if, if Chengdu was smart and they only signed these guys to one year, they could have just let them go. I, w- I would have been both of them and gone to Pritter immediately. Jimmu, a Pritter leave, that's my trio, and just don't touch that any further. Yep. But Jimmy and Taro Cookie are still there because their contracts are apparently two plus ones. It is bizarre. That is bizarre. I do. That was definitely something I hadn't considered. Is like, how does, how does a Prita fit into this, you know, equation, I mean, or is he at all? No, I, I, I genuinely wonder. I mean, theoretically, yes, they could sell him to someone, but yeah. I think what this actually means is just like, Tara Cookie, Jimmy, have fun in contenders. Two way goodbye. Right? Is there contenders? Yeah, don't know. <laughs> we just talked about yeah, for, we an is, hour about the fact that there might not be contenders. Is there so. an ounce of your soul that cares about Taro Cookie? God I bless. Think, no. I, don't, I don't think he should have been signed. He shouldn't have yeah, been signed. It's yeah. a lot of twenty twenty hindsight there. Yeah, but bro, and if you do sign him, why did you give him two years? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Chengdu had to have known they were looking at a Pritter next year. Surely they had to have known that. Like, you've clearly fucked up if you've given Tara Cookie and Jimmy two years, mm-hmm. knowing that, like, hang on a second, a Pritter's going to be available. Should we maybe not, like, leave the option for that to happen? They've just not given themselves any, any position. So what's going to probably end up happening is they're going to have five DPS players yeah. if they want to win. There's just going to be a lot of bench warmers, which sucks. That's a lot of budget being burned, but the fact that you are throwing around two-year contracts, I think, like, maybe that should be taken into consideration. I don't know. Um, I did like where Ever was going with Aming, though. I think there is, like, I think there's a sleeper pick that, like, NA has had, is, like, historically <sighs> had, like, woefully bad balls. And I, I like, I like One a team to take Masters. a gamble. Dallas. Exactly, yeah. Promo code Tactical Crouch. I'd no, love to see Ameng make Korean, a move. Bro, yeah, that would be tough. Stop I think capping. that would put a big Dallas. wrench into things. No, it's the typical Dallas sign. It's PR, and <laughs> you need a ball. That's the chips they're signing right there. Stop. You, clear, this is how I know that Yiska absolutely didn't watch the Overwatch Watch 2 footage, because Hanbin was playing ball. Fearless, for whatever reason, wasn't playing in those games. Hanbin yeah. was, and Hanbin's ball, just from a mechanical standpoint, I know it's a pug, and I know... Not, not all the players were taking it fully seriously, but whatever. Just looking mm-hmm. at only his mechanics, kind of solid. Like, Jesus Christ, Harmon could have been the ball player for Dallas this year. No cap. Like, that's a <laughs> real thing. I'm not even joking. If they had another off-tank player, Harmon could have legitimately started on ball this year. 
his his mechanics look individually clean enough to do so. Um, makes sense. So no, I you no, I mean I mean he'd be he'd be going he'd be joining Dallas only for PR, yeah. which is like sad. Um, so he he I I actually know Cap think he might go to Boston. No, no when I, I say don't. I think he might, when I say I think he might, I mean like that's that's that where makes... I go things for. Yeah, uh, because I just explained that Boston are a team that could take a chance. They mm. have two tanks. I think Boston are also smart enough to not overcommit. You're not tanks, gonna, yeah. you, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm about to roast Hangzhou for signing three tanks. You know, Boston can't be doing that and making the same mistake. True, so yeah. it's not gonna happen unless they're keeping GBS for trade value. Oh. He's actually still. They could be trading GBS. Maybe they're smart. It's possible. They, they're not gonna hold it's on possible. to two off tanks. They want to main tank on an off tank. But the options for Among Us is pretty damn limited. You know where Very I think limited. he ends up. And this is really sad to say. But like you're saying, there's really you no room. No, uh, I mean, that'd be great. I think NA Valiant, deserves a good ball player. Valiant. Yeah, yeah I think play. he just ends up on the Valiant. I think he's just going to be left late. I think they're going to go, hey, great PR move. Let's sign Amang. We love Amang, right, guys? Um, and it's going to suck. And it's going to feel really, really bad. On, on, on the Valiant. You're yeah. assuming Valiant stay in China, by the way, which is true. Time yeah, defense. we don't know. Um, so nothing too much further from Chengdu. It's just a weird situation all around. Mm -hmm. I think the the roster size is bloated as shit in the weirdest yes. parts, and not at all secure in other positions. Um, yeah, maybe they get another tank player. They could get Kadoma. They could get Ribbon. They could get whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, for now, it do be looking. It do be looking like just Gaga. So. Let's go oh, on thick. to where we... I actually, I brought up Houston earlier. I was like, yeah, maybe Amon goes to Houston. No, Houston actually have a tank player they already... Oh, actually, it's not entirely impossible. If Houston yeah. wants two tank players, give give Piggy a friend. That could be the thing. But You wow, have Houston, to, right? Houston are in an interesting spot because they have had multiple contracts expired. They did the normal thing. and yeah. They didn't just sign their entire roster to two years. Just by the way... Dante and Happy, Happy especially was not on a two year, and this is fucking Happy we're talking about. And Taraku he was on a two year, just just to put things into perspective. Um, so Dante, Happy, KSF all have the contracts expired. I'm pretty sure KSF is retiring anyway. Um, Dreamer and Django had their options declined. Piggy had his option exercised. Frimzo had his contract expired, um, and he's probably one of the more, yeah. I would say well-regarded Western players, especially in the flexible position. So he's actually potentially a good prospect. Juby had his option declined and Jake's contract expired. Um, but Jake could still do a lot. He could, he could, he could coach, he can play, he can do whatever. Uh, Houston have at this point only retained one player. They've essentially done the same thing as New York Excelsior and Toronto and the mayhem. They get one player and everyone else is gone. Piggy of everybody. Yeah, that's weird. Of everybody. I don't know what happened with that main tank core. I could not tell you. It's a bizarre situation all around. Um, I have to assume select members of the DPS probably are in talks now um, with the org and trying to get them back on contract. Um, obviously their contract expired. Do they want to stay? Do they want to go? They have some options to weigh out. Um, that's the weird one is piggy. 
of all the declines, granted, there's not too many of them. Obviously, Juby probably is the one that's like a little bit more questionable. But why not just get rid of it all? Why not just bin it all and Dante. just start over? I'd keep Dante. Why would well, you, you can't. That, that's oh, the issue. Because he's, exactly. he's contract is So, okay. So, of the... Of the declines, oh, who would you shit. keep? I feel like the main thing... I'm, I didn't hate Jungu. I just don't know what Actually, the hell happened. Now that, now that I'm looking at it under that context, you probably have to keep Piggy. Because the, the trend is that teams are bidding yeah. the main tanks to keep the off tanks. Um, and everyone else said the contract expired. I think that if the option was available, you would you would do the plus one for Dante. Yes, Dante agree, to me yeah. is one of the players that has the highest capability of being that super flexible player. Picks up whatever you need. He's that Swiss Army knife player, uh, and one of the top Western prospects as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my go-to guy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston. We'll throw a contract his way anyway just to see if they can get him but yeah. dante will obviously test the free agency pool now that he is a free agent he is kind of a homer as well like he's been with houston for a little bit now um if memory serves since season one is that am i remembering that right since season two when did he go to houston did he get traded he got traded right for smart from shock to houston right yeah like a long time ago now feels i think i think he can kind of end up being like a franchise player for them um if he so chooses to do that right obviously he's in the free agent pool um yeah i don't know man i season one i believe yeah i believe so so um i think piggy in general like i do agree that like flex tanks probably should be valued a little bit higher than main tanks but piggy in particular like as a case study i didn't really see his flexibility we saw his Sigma and it was great. And I think that like those statistics shrouded him in some weird talk for rookie of the year. But outside of that, I was not all that impressed really? at like, a top level. Who said yeah. Piggy was going to be rookie of the year? <sighs> I don't ask around. What? I didn't agree with it, but who the man. hell is saying that? Come, please. No, come on. I mean, he could have been what? very good in like, had we kept more Sigma metas, I think he could have been very good. Yeah, in one hero. I mean, that's a lot of people on, like... Agreed, yes. On, uh, on ballots, right? Like In most... the past, this These year, days, I think, yeah, no. this year you, can't, you can't be an MVP or rookie of the year no. on one hero. No. Probably not so... that, but you can be a role star. Like, almost yeah, all of tanks played, like, 95% uh... diva. Bro, guys like Hawk couldn't make the role, so I'm not too sure Piggy yeah. would have been close. But I mean, Let's Han, just be clear about that. did Hanbin get it? Yeah, right? I think he played 90% yeah. D.Va. I'm not saying he's like a one-trick, and he definitely has a bit of Sigma than D.Va. Also, like, he likes Sigma more, but, like, theoretically, yeah. you can still, on some positions, get away with it, right? Like, that's still possible. To some if you pound so hard and you, you, put your, you push your team into heights... Yeah. That they otherwise couldn't have reached, then I guess you have to give a nod. Uh, but other than that, I'm not too sure. The Pigma was strong, but mm -hmm. uh, that's what Houston have got currently. Mm. They they have the Pigma, but I don't think Joe's too wrong about saying that. Could could they have just been Piggy as well? And just started from scratch. Scrap it over. Yep. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, looking at Houston, probably a lot of their own fans might be like, "Oh my God, why did we get rid of X and Y and Z?" But it's like, hang on, guys, just just as a reminder, because I even slipped up here. And I had to be reminded, contracts expired. 
Yes. Can't do anything about that. Yeah. It's not that Houston don't want to keep Dante. His contract expired. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe both Dante and Happy are being given an offer right now. Sure. Yeah. But you know they will they will exercise their right of exploring free agency because they're literally a free agent now and they yeah. can test their market value. But it doesn't mean they won't go back to Houston. And I think a lot of people might need to just reapproach how they're thinking about this <laughs> and be reminded of the fact that um, it's not because Houston just wanted to dump them. Yep. So I think that's a trend uh, that will happen a, a decent amount this season. Where yeah, of course. Like players will enter FA, will test the waters, and then end up on their uh, former team again. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's likely to happen in some cases. All right, let's put Among on the Houston Outlaws to start. Spots I, open for him. I don't hate it. I don't hate <laughs> it, man. Oh god. That's like the big brain, like one in a million jackpot move that I don't think anybody's gonna do, but I think could like significantly make some some flash um, for people. Scrimzo had a tweet as well that sounded pretty final. Yeah. I won't read the whole tweet, but it says at the end the final line says, This door may have closed, but another one has opened. Yeah. What does that mean? Does it mean he's already got an offer from another team because he'd be going elsewhere? Uh, he basically thanked Houston, be like, thanks for giving me the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. The store may have closed, but another one has opened. Mm -hmm. That's a huge question mark to me. Like, what does that mean? Because maybe a team that's wanting to go west and like Mayhem will pick them up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where Crimson could have been on Atlanta as well. I don't know. Like, uh, he's a good player. I think he's, I think he, he, he'd be strange for him not to find a new home so his contract expiring i think he got a he got a great situation where he played for a team performed super well and then had his contract expire without a plus one and now he can go into free agency and and maybe get a pay rise somewhere else or even yeah. with his same team again it's almost so like a there's great, a, a western team that's looking for a western flex support a great situation with crimson all around yeah um yeah, definitely. Happy for him. Much more, not much more to add there, I think. KSF is probably gone. I would expect to see Happy again somewhere. Um, Juby is an interesting one. Not entirely sure. Jake is an interesting one as well. Uh, I speculated last week, where I put out into the ether the idea of if you really want to get high-value positions on your team, you can sign a player to be coach and player at the same time, which someone like Jake actually fits into. Um, that's if you want to go like hard efficiency on your team. So I, I maybe that continues. I, I would have to imagine that Jake potentially wants to keep playing pro, being that a new game's about to come out, and mm -hmm. you know it's a bit of a reset button for everybody. So even if you feel like you're falling behind or you might be starting to get a bit watched, uh, a big reset button with a new game can kind of reinvigorate that a little bit and give you another shot. So take it while it lasts. Really, going forward to London Spitfire. They have basically expelled their team entirely outside of, what do we have here? Sparker and Shaxx. Yeah. Blase and hybrid options declined. Sparker and Shaxx option exercised. Hardy and Mulfig options declined. Kallax option declined. Ripper retired. Mm. So they've, they've, they had one plus ones and they've just completely remove the plus ones and kept only sparker and shacks i think that's a good uh, base to build from so not bad from london spitfire but what are they going to do for the rest of the 
the positions? Are they going to go look for contenders talent for new tanks? Uh, maybe they can say, sign Arming. I, I like that we're just trying to find a home for Among now. It's just like, where, where, where can is go? Arming I'm going? Yeah, um, the Yoda chat at home. For some reason, we're trying very hard to find him a home of all players. But I don't mind keeping these two. I think this is a strong yeah. base and probably their best two players of the year. To kind of, you know, uh, in, reinforce your point with a lot of things that you've kind of like laid out in the ether, Avril, like you look at Overwatch 2 and how DPS uh focus the developers have kind of been right like they it's very clear that they want to make these heroes more lethal so when you have somebody like Shax who has been perennially underrated um and you've invested so much time into sparker for good reason it this makes a lot of sense these are these are i would say some great pieces to build around i think this is a great start for a team with a new head coach coming in a la christopher um friend of the show uh i like what i'm seeing thus far Obviously, we're we're big on. Oh yeah, Christopher has been signed as head coach. Yep. The other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I like a lot of the same things. I like where where we've started. Let's see where we end up. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. The problem is like it's the worst market to just be exclusively like Western, mm -hmm. especially for a budget roster team. Um. <laughs> scrape that bottom of the barrel huh yeah i'm not sure where this it's, it's hard right like theoretically you can once again make use of your academy team then again like are you now skeptical of the success of that despite like you having one of the best contenders teams around and then them bombing in uh season four like mm -hmm. it's a lot of hard choices here i mean obviously you have you have chris now um yep. who probably brings his own um new unique view also i mean duck duck goose uh is 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 someone i'm going is someone like poco going to like run to the french or is someone like poco going to run after christopher so stuff like that right like yeah yeah that's okay shockwave maybe coming home or not really home, but close enough. Home region. I don't. I, I fear I, I that's going, too high of a. I was going to say a London going seven players or six, because I mean I'm looking at this as a situation where Shaq Sparker might be your only two DPS on this team. You get two mm. tanks, two DPS, two supports. That's it. Here, okay. Here's so, op optimal scenario. You ready? Sparker Shacks. Oh, Poco, say it. Yeah, Hardy. You resign Hardy. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Funny Astro. Yeah. And provide. That's I'm your best options, it. I think. I'm mad at it. And then maybe you can look at like Falcon and whatnot, like yeah, substitute somewhere. And mm -hmm. Hardy is also an option, and don't necessarily. Maybe you I just want they... Poco to play everything. I think they should bring Gesture home. Oh. <laughs> she died. I knew oh that was 10 years. I knew that was yeah. 10 years so hard. Yeah. yeah, that was a full sense. Bring him back, baby. Bring him back. Yeah. Get on my pub. comes home. I mean, to be fair, he said he wanted to retire, and that team is a retirement or homo right. Like, yeah, no. I don't think that's going to happen, Avril. I'm sorry. No, okay. 
Uh, it'd be a fun meme though. It'd be it'd be funny oh, as shit. Be... Uh, if they don't get him for some content in the future, I'd be a little sad. Oh god, most iconic London player. Uh, so they're gonna have to dig deep into this. The thing here is, you we are talking about Poco, Funny Astro, but if I'm Florida, I'm I'm looking at Funny Astro first. In fact, if I'm Florida, I'm looking at Poco Funny Astro if I can. Yeah. Um, any any team that wants to go Western probably also wants them. So there could be a bidding situation mm-hmm. for those players. Dude, if I'm Houston Outlaws, I'm looking at Funny Astro Poker. Fuck mm-hmm. me. Like, Jesus Christ. And I know they there's a possibility that they can definitely afford it more. Um, depending on what direction New York goes, they can take that option as well. So Shock, dude, Shock can take that option. Jesus Christ. Shock can go Poker Funny Astro. I think London, they're not going to be high enough for the picking order to secure those two. Right? Yeah. That's just my belief. Out means... of all the names, I feel like EQO is probably the most likely, right? That kind of like fits the DPS like core, where it's like Shaq, Sparker cover most of your stuff, and then EQO slots in as the projector. I'm saying, I'm saying you only have two DPS on this team. I don't think they will go more than too far Dude. beyond the minimum. <laughs> Very likely, Shaq Sparker is your only two DPS plays. Very likely. That's my belief. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see and, where you're going. I just... And I, Nuki yeah. talked about, like, if she was to have, like, more than six players, it would be DPS that she would double up on. That was yeah. in our interview, I think. Yes. So if, if, you want a sev- if you want a seven-man roster, then you would get a third DPS. Yeah. But now we're talking about two bench players. Seven-man roster for 5v5. Yeah. yeah. Is that... Is that what London want to do? I I, I true, don't see them true. going there. I don't see them doing it. Personally, no. I agree. Big agree. I think they're more likely to be a seven man team. Uh, mm. Oh, sorry, a five six man team. But maybe I don't hate the seven man team. It's it's not entirely. It's not actually not super unlikely. It's unlikely in my head, but it's not super super unlikely. Which means the possibility is there for thirty PS. But that's not even. I don't even. I don't even. I think exploring the third DPS options is a super worthwhile topic when there's not even supports and tanks lined up yeah. yet. That's like a more pressing matter for London Spitfire to fill in terms of the hole. So yeah, there, there's some there's some things there that need to be addressed, and that that's where potentially you're scraping a barrel or your there, there better be some crazy rookies available in Contenders EU or somewhere that they can look at for that because, you know, any good Western potential player is is going to be looking at Houston, is going to be looking at Shark, is going to be looking at Mayhem first. Um, I dare say that unless London's wanting to drop some real cash, they they again, I'll say it, they'll be low on the pecking order to get those players. Yep. Agreed. Sadly, but... Okay, so so one of the players that is absolutely not low in the pecking order and can absolutely afford whatever they want is the Philadelphia Fusion, where they are looking at a probably quite a significant rebuild. Uh, Fusion fans are probably a little bit upset at some of the players moving away, but I think they should be excited at the possibility of some great stuff coming their way. So mm. Carthay's been retained under the, his existing contract. I believe he's... Yeah, like a three-year contract or something. So he is going into his third year of his three-year contract. EQO has had his option declined. Rascal's retired. Shockwave had his option declined. Mano is retired for military surface service. Uh, Poco and Hopper had their contracts expired. Alarm has his, con- has his option exercised. 
Funny Astro uh, contract expired. Toby retired. Toby did say that he wants to go into coaching, so could make a return there, either on Fusion or another ter- team. Uh, T- Speaking of coaching, by the way, T1's coach, Jin, has moved into Philadelphia now as, I believe, their head coach after 9K departing away. So there's a few movements here. 9K's gone. I believe, the based on what was said, uh, rumor-wise, Fusion wanted to keep 9K, but he had a great offer from another team that actually paid his apparently monstrous buyout to get him away. And so they've lost their head coach. Jin comes in from T1. Jin is also the previous head coach. Uh, was he head coach? He was the previous coach of the Guangzhou Charge in 2019-2020. So there's that. T1 is, for those that don't know, the academy team of the Philadelphia Fusion. So they currently have Alarm and Carpe. Is that it? Alarm Carpe. Alarm Carpe. Alarm Carpe is all they have. Plus Jin and their coach. So it's Alarm and Carpe, which opens up a lot of area to rebuild on yeah and i don't think this is the team to slow down in terms of like a budget i think that they have been chasing a title for a long time um and will probably continue this what this team somehow made like half of apex history retire this season it's like come on man like rascal mano and toby dude like, oof, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can totally see how that might have zapped your competitive spirits, like, being so torn apart, uh, yeah. all season, also being picked up late and whatnot, like, oof, but yeah, I mean, this is really solid in terms of, like, the ability to, yeah, like, if they were, if they are staying in Korea, which I'm assuming, uh, at this point, um, and they bring a lot of, like, still bring the same war chest, and have Alarm and Carpe to build upon. And get like... I think as soon as you get the ball rolling with this roster and you, you can go to guys and go like, by the way, guys, we signed proper or something like this. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, really? Oh, I want to play with proper. And then like the ball keeps rolling. Like because people want to play with Alarm and proper. You can just start with Alarm. You can just start with Alarm. Like yes. forget about proper. Just, just begin with Alarm. That's already enough yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they can afford to give bags to people like Jesus Christ. Like you, you are having a good time if you are the Philadelphia Fusion GM. Like part of me, I was saying this in my in my uh, my own personal Discord, um, that like a, a fun mental exercise or like a fun game concept is like uh, esports GM simulator or like just like mm-hmm. Overwatch GM simulator where like you want to play on like super easy mode. Oh, you pick the Philadelphia Fusion. You have infinite money behind you. You got Comcast backing you. You can print money anytime you want. Um, you go, you can, you got all these facilities. You can do whatever you want, and you know, every, teams like players like you. You're a popular team. You got a great reputation, even though you haven't won yet. That's a different thing. But otherwise, you got a pretty decent reputation. Uh, you got T1 as a partner as well. Everything looks great. And then if you want to be like go full nightmare difficulty, you're the you're the LA Valiant GM, where like you have absolutely nothing to work with. So. <laughs> Philadelphia Fusion really are just they, they if they they can just win in terms of yep. building a roster. Uh, whether they can win in the Overwatch League is a different question, apparently. But mm. they can build a damn good roster if they want. Sure. Yeah. They always kind of have. I think in season one, it was good. I, I don't know if 
great is the the term we'd use but i think past that point well i guess season two wasn't all that great either so that's not necessarily the case but always been been in the conversation or at least should have been so i don't yeah don't expect that to change i figured it out sato's coming back hmm He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Maybe Fusion like him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Who knows? I hate it. Do we expect them to have a wide roster? Like, are they what the one team to like go like ten players, multiple tanks, multiple? I think they can go nine. I think they can go three, three, three. Okay. Uh, Or no, hang on. Do I like three tanks? No, I don't. Maybe four, four, two, two, three. three. Yeah. Yeah, four DPS, two tanks, three supports. At that, I I'm not a fan of 4D. Can I say I don't like 4D because I think three is I think three two three. Final That's like the perfect. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Smurf yeah. is a free agent. Oh, there's some good options. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And that's just the main, that's just main tanks. We haven't even talked about off tank options as well. There's definitely mm-hmm. off tank options out there. Um, I mean, sure you can you can resign Hopper if you want. Choice available, Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. Some, some very. It's gonna be a uh, another. Like I think we say available, this. Like, oh my god, like gesture! Come on, like, oh, oh, please, please sign gesture. Gesture, oh, Philly, yes. unretiring <laughs> right after his retirement. Is he retired? I think so. Didn't he not say he wanted to retire? Is that what he said? Who? Look, gesture. Yeah, yeah no, gesture is retired. Yes. Okay. Oh fuck it, unretire him, unretire him. Yeah. Throw him, a, throw him a bag. Get him some more rings. Um, so, yes. So, you know, they can... They have the option of pick up another... Do you know, like, last week, we were just masturbating over the idea of, like, Alarm Twilight Smurf being on this team. You had, like, you know, you got Carpe in there. You had, like, the Pelican proper duo as well, and you just, you just, just cover your walls and slime at that stage. It's just ridiculous. Like, you've just built the God Squad at that stage, so... Mm, it's cozy. Um, like a warm you sweater. You can definitely build a god squad on this team if you want. The the pieces are there for a true god gamer squad of just potential best in slot players across the board. Yep. Yep. Sure. Philly's exciting. Philly is a Philly is a prospect, and I love building up the hopes and dreams of the Philly fans as well. <laughs> because there's a there's a non zero chance that they get crushed. Yeah. Um and not by me. I just like to stoke the flames. But I wanna mm. see I wanna see how this is. Uh, I know Rostin was checking out the Contenders Korea Finals, so Rostin, my man, got some work ahead of you. Got some stuff to do. You know what to do. Um, we already brought up this team slightly, but that is the San Francisco Shock, where they have really Ooh, expunged quite a bit. And before anyone asks, oh, is this the case? Is this like a Houston Outlaws thing where everyone's contract expired? Nope. There was a shitload of plus ones, and they pretty much all got declined. Let's go through them. Glister, Nero, Arns, all declined. Tayo, contract expired. Choi, Smurf, options declined. Super, contract expired. FD God, option declined. Twilight, expired. Violet is the only person uh, being retained on a new contract. That's it. Uh, Bro. What does this team look like? Ah. This is this is gonna be a weird step into the unknown with the shock. Who there's just a lot of players that have been around for so long. Can't believe they're not keeping Tyo. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, it that's bizarre, man. It is. It's gonna be weird to in in a world like there's a non-zero chance that we see Choi Hyobin in a different jersey than we have for such a long time, right? Same yeah. with Super. Same with Smurf, right? Like DPS wise, it it's been pretty interchangeable. Um, Twilight in a way felt like he had like a good place with the team or, or kind of solved a lot of their, their issues. Um, yeah, there's just some big hitters here that just like, there's a good, there's a real good chance that they're just not resigned and they just play somewhere else. Yep. Oh, I mean, they I haven't mean, been, they have not been resigned. They've had correct, pretty much they all the options declined. So I'm not ruling out the possibility that maybe they end up going back. Who knows, but yeah, that's that's gonna be a weird, be a weird day when Choi Open gets signed to the New York it's Excelsior. So, it's so different when you look at Houston. Is like I'm sure they would have yeah. loved to have kept their players, but they couldn't. Shock could, and they chose not Shock to. Some not. of them, some of them, some of them make sense. Yeah, some of them is like, wow, they're really letting go of this guy. Choi, I think, is the most staggering one to me. Mm. Like all the rest of them, I'm like, yeah, maybe, possibly, I can see that. Choi is the one that I would have been like, if I'm shock, I bank Choi and Violet and build from there. But they they let Choi go. They yeah. actually just let him go because it's option declined. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's this is gonna be a weird team. I don't know where to put them. Obviously, they only have one player, but like mixed team or full Korean moving forward. What do we like? You can do both with those coaches. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, nine K back to San Francisco. That's the rumor, right? Yeah. He's potentially back to San Francisco. Yeah. So it's crusty nine K. Possibly. Possible, yeah. Could do both. I'm definitely crusty. just has to get junk back back as well. Junk buck back as well. And he's <laughs> reassembling the coaching God squad. Um, yeah. Is that the true Thanos like last like gem in the gauntlet and then he just snaps a championship into existence? <laughs> I think it's more important to get the right players, but yeah. yeah uh, it's just by Ultrabus, by Pelican, coached by Krusty 9K. <laughs> there you go. I mean, with Violet here, yeah, you can basically do that. For what it's worth, by the way, I, I don't think every single piece on Ultra Blast is like a guaranteed banger. Mm. I think they have some ridiculously good pieces, but like I don't, I if they're not the type of team. And this is coming from me, by the way, that I'm like, yeah, sign the full roster, every single player, and you're good to go. I don't think you sign every single player. I think if you want to, if you want to build like a, a really strong team mm. out of. Um, a shock and not a team that go hard on rookies, do they? I don't think they are. No, not since like season team. one. Yeah. Arns is okay, maybe Arns, but they don't go, yeah. they don't normally go heavily for rookies. I think this is, yeah, but that, <laughs> that, that's a weird signing. Like you'll bring that up like it's a normal thing for shock. Uh, and then they, don't, then they just don't play him again. He plays like a couple of games of Genji and then he's never seen again. Yeah. So I don't think worry, shock are more likely, shock are more likely to get veterans. Yeah. Aren't they? Isn't that their mo? I like think, if they, if they, think, I still think they get funny Astro Poco. I think funny Astro Poco goes shock. That's my baby. Yeah, that's that's not on like not off Maybe the Shockwave table. Shockwave as well. Shockwave, I can see. Shockwave, I feel like 
Makes a lot of sense. Why? Because this name's got shock in it? No. I think that... <laughs> but it does work. It does. It is thematic. It's not that he's a rookie, but I think Krusty, in a way, has, like, an eye for, like, some DPS, if that makes sense. Aspire I think... is going shock. Surely. Ah, uh, you think? Maybe. I don't know. God, it's it's so hard to like conceptualize what heavy this team look like, dude. If Shock are willing to this again, based on the rumor, yeah, if they're willing to buy out nine k, and he was expensive to buy out. Shock, they're they're dumping some cash into building a roster. You don't simply get nine k. Is that who you buy though? Do you a buy a spire? You don't. You don't get nine k back for a big price, of unless course. you were then willing to. Unless you were then willing to proceed further by putting some heavy hitters in the player department on your roster as well like i think i think shock probably give space an offer yeah space might still want to go with clans but i think shock make it spicy you know i think shock mm -hmm. makes space do a bit of a double take about like, it oh, maybe maybe i should think about this further yeah i don't hate that that makes a lot of sense depends how how, how heavy does shock want to go for korean or, or western or what they got Violet here, which means you got one Korean player minimum. I think they probably have a mixed roster again. That's my guess. And I think if you want, if you want to assemble, you know, the God Squad of mixed rosters, you definitely get funny Astro Poco. I, I, I assume he's good, but it's still hard to say. Mm. Uh, just because we didn't get him see, we just didn't see him play for the full year, right? I think you get like who's a who's a player that looked great and was like could do more, like Aspire, right? I think Aspire would do great on this team. That's a, that's a player that I I think Krusty can definitely, you know, look at and really smack his lips over like, damn, that's a good choice. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Dante return. That's that's kind of where I was going with Houston. I was like, is there like a weird like bizarro world where Dante goes back to Shock to like prove it at the end of the end of the like possible life cycle of the Overwatch League, right? Like. Starting in Overwatch 2, that's that's when Dante returns. Be kind of interesting. Kind of fun. Hmm. Don't hate it either. I'm mad at it. The tanks, I'm, I'm the tanks I just I'm trying to understand. Yeah. I if just... you don't have Choi and Smurf coming back, what are you looking for? Who are you going with? And yeah. like what what are you thinking in terms of clearly you clearly you want to build a potential championship team. You've kept Violet and you want 9k based on the rumor. So if you're trying to build a championship team and you don't want Smurf and Choi, who do you want? Yeah. It's a big question. It's hard to answer. Who who the hell do you want if it's not Choi and Smurf? Yeah. Weird. You clearly want Among and Gesture together as a duo on this team. Uh, dude, it's like so weird to just look at the free agent market, decide which players Choc should pick up, and the top prospects you have in mind were on the shock last year <laughs> it's it's such a weird like I'm, I'm not sure if i mean yes i understand like needing new uh, like a fresh start and whatnot mm -hmm. bro like even like keeping someone like twilight would would make a lot of sense yeah. i think in watch too and like are you going to make do better than fucking no, like, no even... twilight's twilight's contract expired that was out of the control Right. What True. about Makes or sense. like super? Even though contract like... expired. Yeah. 
I mean, he's yeah. he's top two hundred Twitch income, so I guess like he doesn't need to. Um, are you? Go- Seems like he wants to keep playing. Based on you know what yeah. the what the. What well, the rumor mill is spinning, it seems like Super wants to keep playing. Yeah, I hope he's he does. a high value player that can take a bag anywhere. Yeah. I'm sure he'll get an offer. Yeah, oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Is this a potential home for Pelican? If if we no. play in the you don't think so? Pelican probably wants to stay in Korea. Yeah, true. You think Shaw go to Korea? Maybe maybe he gets, you know, uh, attracted to the titles, wants to win. He can win in Korea too. It's like, what do you mean? Like, Krusty's got some, got some, got some resume. I, I guess what I'd be maybe right. banking on, right? Like, is proven. Trying to assume, you know, that that third title, chasing that third title, maybe the rookie of the year is not a bad choice. I don't know. They got room for him. They're they're splashing out. They're trying to get a bag. He wants to win. I wouldn't rule wouldn't, it out. I think. Yeah. I think. The, I think everyone has a price. And even if Pelican wants to go to Korea, for the right price, he could stay and go mm-hmm. back to America, go back to North America to play for oh. a team. So not out. It's of that question. kind of caliber of player, you know what I mean? Like it's it's that's that's where we kind of think about shock. Where can I be real? I think Ans could be a good shot next year. I think Ans is one of those prodigal hit scan players, and mm-hmm. I I have a good feeling about hit scan in Overwatch too. A great feeling about hit scan, hmm. and I think if Arns can really turn on his hacks like he did last year, and just take control of games, bro, yeah. that is a W right there. So, yeah. um, maybe they felt like they don't want to take the 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 risk. Like Arns to me is one of those extremely solid third DPSs that could easily be a starter as well, depending on the meta. But if he becomes a starter in the right meta, this guy can shred up win you games. Yeah. by himself and i'm basing a lot of this on his performance from last year obviously people will say well what about arms this year well i mean hit scan meta was didn't get to play this year. year it's a very bad meta of hit scan this year yeah. to be fair to Arns. i don't think he had the, the fairest opportunity to show his best um but i would i would gamble on arms again next year if i if, if it were up to me agreed yeah i think he to your point like in the right meta even if you get like a, a brief like glimpse at a hit scan meta i think he's like a free ticket to the playoffs yeah. at the very least. You got an S plus player that in the right meta is an easy W. Yep. He's a he's a third DPS. I think you put it perfectly. Like he's not somebody that is going to start all the time, but when he can, is going to solely win you games. We'll take over games. Yeah. Wood gamble. Big agree. Um I think Shock rebuild a mixed roster super team. That's my honest take on that. I think they've they're in position too. And I want them to. I really want to see them do that. So put the Yoda Chad and the Drip Lord on the same <laughs> team together. The Drip Lord. The Drip Lord and the Yoda Chad on the same team. I love it. Uh, the masculinity cannot be exuded further. That's the true Sigma male team would be with Among and uh, Gesture together at the same time. Mm. I don't care that they're both main tanks. That's that's part of the, the, the masculinity exuding out. Okay. So... Next one. After Shock, we have Soul, which is the team that Gesture left. Why did he leave? He had his contract expired. So here we go. Profits, both Profit and Fits under new contracts. Zero surprise. Easily the best part of their team. Uh, Hope they both got bags. Sabi'll be retired. Probably not a surprise. He released, by the way, uh, 
I think he streamed, or there were some notes coming from his stream. Might have also been in his sweat longer. Uh, probably check both if you're interested. Basically saying that he believed that his own performance had dipped quite massively, that he believed he was below the standard of even contenders in terms of in individual skill level, and that he... I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but it seemed like he probably lost a lot of motivation for the game as well. Um, and he ended up on Soul. Now, this is back to what he was saying. On Soul, uh, this season, he was spending a bit more time helping the team as a bit of a pseudo-staff member and doing some coaching as well instead of playing. Um, and there was probably zero chance he would get playtime over Profit or Fitz anyway, just because of how damn good that duo was this year. So Gesture's contract expired. He's retired. Marvel's contract is expired. He's you know, currently a free agent. I would actually expect that maybe Sol might give him a contract again and say, Marvel, do you want to come back? Two years option has been declined. Animo's option has declined and Creative had his option. So what we're really looking at here is Sol have specifically chosen to retain three players and then everybody else either had their options declined or retired or contract expired. Mm. I think so flex support you 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 kind of put this seed in my head uh earlier when you were looking at Boston and how like oh like maybe it's just strategic move that maybe they don't resign or they they decline the option of Myunbong. Um maybe they want to gamble with it, maybe they think that they can kind of uh afford a mid-pack and maybe those mid-pack, you know, choices at flex support are really really good. That's where I look at creative and I'm like, I did like him this season. I did think he had a, a good season overall. But if you put Soul in that same kind of discussion, do you not feel like you could get somebody just a little bit better? Or do you bank on the fact they, that you've worked with him before? They just, they may, there's maybe something intangible there that they yeah. like. Kind of where I'm guessing that that choice was made is... They know what they're working with. Again, maybe like you said, there's there's some intangibles. I don't hate it. Definitely not a bad choice. It's just like, hmm, there's a lot of flex supports in the market. Is this where you want to put your... Can I say one of those options? I am heavily speculating that this is a potential home for Jonak. No. Yep. Real talk. Oof. Yeah. He's... It was either... I, I was almost tempted to bring this up, but it's like really hard to ignore like Violet. It's like, I think Jonak either goes to Seoul or he goes to Shock. One of the two. I think Jonak probably, if he has the option to stay in Korea, unless Shock just have... Yeah, of course. ...an unbelievable bag to give him. Yeah. But... Going home is definitely a, a non-factor. It's very valuable. So, yeah, I would, I would agree. I think you could see Jonak in a Seoul jersey for sure. I think Seoul can make a, 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 a great team here. DPS is pretty locked up. They yeah. could probably get a 30, but like, dude, Arns could be on this team, for fuck's sake. Um, Profit True. fits Arns, could be powerful. Then again, ah, uh, no, I probably want a more flexible player my third DPS. I don't want another hit scan player after fits. I probably want more like a Stalker that they already have. Mm. Stalker could be a great third DPS for this team. Just because, like, he's someone that's probably not expecting to start. He knows he's a rookie. He knows that Profit's a king on this team. He'll be there to round out the hero pools, if anything. Mm. Um, I don't see too much movement in the DPS side of things. It's the tank and supports that are the biggest question mark. I wouldn't be like again. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel gets given 
another look by Sol. His contract expired. He didn't have an option decline. So it's like, hey, Marvel, do you want to come back? I think Marvel's hero pool is pretty unique for a tank player, and that's maybe attractive for a lot of teams. Yeah, there's that. By the Arc way, two coming back. <clears throat> just like as a buy to buy, um, and let's not totally like get off topic, but Hoko was just announced to leave the fusion. And with that, I believe Carpe is the last player that remains on uh, on a, the team that the, same team that signed him in season one, week one, so to mm. speak. Mm. I don't think there's another player. That's pretty sick. The top of my head, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember anybody. Yeah. Damn. Interesting though. Damn, dude. Kind of a bittersweet. Carpe is the last one there. Um, yeah. So, what are we liking for Soul tank support wise? Anyone got anybody else want to drop some names, some suggestions, some speculation? Jesha. He just <laughs> left, you moron. <laughs> Why are you so tilted, bro? <laughs> um, By the way, how many people were just so upset? The people were so angry before this uh, contract document came out and people were like, what? man, why would Soul keep Gesture? Uh, I can't believe that they, they bend everyone else, but they didn't, they didn't get rid of Gesture. Like, is, is, is Prophet secretly the GM of this team? Did Prophet yeah, like, blackmail the GM? Like, what is, like, like guys, guys, someone, chill the fuck out. Someone That's on nuts. Twitter told me, like, can you ask into the uh, possibility that apparently Prophet like threw his weight around and said he wasn't going to re-sign unless they signed his buddy and shit like this and you're like bro like you're just like thinking up your your how you perceive the world by the power of your fantasy like such a weird take now t back to the topic of like who you're bringing on bro just like fucking snag that shock tank line done yeah true yeah Choice Smurf? I think both Fusion and Shock, uh, sorry, both Fusion and Soul might want a piece of that. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And Fusion probably can't afford it over. Sh so, I don't know. Maybe Soul can really throw their weight around. But like Fusion probably more so. I don't know. Yeah. Are there any like uh, big main supports that are on the market? I just like the three I oh, think of. Hang on. Soul are really big on rookies, actually. Soul okay. is one of the few teams that really like to go for rookies. Not only do they really like to go for rookies, they promote internally all the time. Guys like Creative and 2U came through from yeah. Genji. Soul loves to go through their own organization, and they do take a lot of chances on rookies. So I actually think guys like Kellen can come through and like the Clistons of the world, you know. Okay. Uh, the, the, the Contenders Korea tanks can really come through. And, and <laughs> do something here. That's what I see. Definitely have a track writer, for sure. Definitely could do that. Um, yeah, that one's, that one's tough. Do you think that like that would match the pedigree that Soul maybe is looking for? Like, do you think that they could really live up to Soul's expectations? Somebody like Kellen, let's for, say for example. He's probably the hottest prospect as far as main tanks from Condidus Korea goes. Okay. That's what they want. Because okay. um, otherwise, like, what else are you doing? You want to get Fisher out of retirement? Like, what? 
That would be interesting. That would um, be a, a pull. Been pretty vocal about Souls strategy, especially last year. But <laughs> well, they did get rid of Changarin as the coach. Maybe Fisher comes back as the coach. Uh, do did Soul announce a new coach? No, they didn't. Did they? Just departures. That's all I've seen. Yeah, so they they've lost Changun, and they currently do not have a head coach. They still have, to my knowledge, MMA their assistant coach and Bongwuri their assistant coach as well, as well as two analysts on the team. So they have four staff members uh, in the coaching staff, and no head coach. One of those guys could be promoted to a head coach position. So I wouldn't hold my breath at like putting a new coach on this roster to replace uh, Chengun specifically rather like maybe just give MMA the the upgrade, you know, the uh, promotion. But man, Solar interesting. They have a lot to compete with in, yeah. the, in the space. There's a lot of teams that are looking for stuff. Their main rival for free agents is still, in my opinion, the fusion. Both mm. teams, I suspect, will be going for the same players. I think to your to your credit, though, like you do, kind of highlight something that people are definitely going to undervalue is the fact that Seoul gets to play at home. A lot of their players gets to play, you know, where they know, where they're familiar with mm. districts that they've have maybe frequented before. You know, uh, in close proximity to their family. <laughs> You know, it, it's they may have frequented before. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud, right? Like, like, like it's uh, it, it is it is not in, something that I was you born and raised in Seoul. I might have frequented some districts <laughs> around the local. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like oh it's a popular God. place. I would guess that it's pretty, you know, frequented. Oh god. So that's not a non-factor. It's valuable in the eyes of players. Definitely could be a bargaining chip that they use. Yeah, but Fusion have the same chip, which is why, like, the thing is, like, Soul and Fusion are just going to end up yeah. bidding at, bidding against each other for the same dudes is true. what it probably comes down to. True, true, true. Um, I don't know, man. Soul, Soul have a high possibility of snagging some real good pieces. Mm. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Okay. The fun ones now, the the V teams. Start with the uh, the APAC V team. Ali Valiant, are they even APAC anymore? I Do think so. Uh, I think so. Think so. You think so? Yeah. You think they're staying? I'm not sure if that's decided I, yet, but I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Man. I I'm under the speculation that they they are moving. Oh really? Uh, that's, I'm just guessing. I'm a fucking stab in the dark. I don't yeah. have any info. I'm well. We can talk about both. You you can represent the valiant staying, and I can represent the valiant going. And sure. Joe can be the perennial fence sitter. Um, Get, where... I can do both. You want me want me to do both real quick? Okay, go. <laughs> I don't go. care for this team. Right. Okay. <laughs> now. Now do that again. Uh, not like, wrong. Do that again, but care. <laughs> okay but this time try okay who asked I'm, I'm asking right now what do you mean I'm asking in this exact moment uh, oh man I don't know they're probably going okay. to, to get to go to one of those like you know like where you, those those things where you get your gum from like you put a coin in and then it, 
that's where they get their players from, basically. Like on January fourth, they're going to sign someone that then can sign random players that they can then somehow try to pay under minimum budget, which is now fifty two k, I think. This 50, is the fifty point oh, seven. Fifty thousand seven hundred, yeah. isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Some odd amount. Oh, Jessica was about to give everyone another thirteen hundred pay rise. She's nice guy. I think we're all made of money here. <laughs> um is this not like the most like senioritis team? What's that? Does that make oh, sense? So in 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 at least in you know where I grew up, um I think it's mostly state like United States. It's this like feeling that you get in your last year of high school. Um, so grade 12 where like you just stopped caring. You just show up, you do the minimal effort and you just go home and you enjoy life and you prepare for college, right? You prepare for university. Um, I feel like, and this is the feeling, this is not what I'm assuming is going to happen. This is not me speculating, but what I feel like is happening with the Valiant is they show up very late to the, the signing window. They're going to sign like a middling APAC team, just like wholesale. They're going to give a minimum and they're going to, you know, go back to whatever else they were doing. Middling. Like middling. Like nobody else. Like who's going to want to play for that? No, I don't think they will sign middling. This is, it's just going to be straight up garbage. It's going to like, just yeah, it'll be garbage in the context of the home, bro. Make, like make Shanghai Dragons like actually look like a better team from season one. Like they already are. Just bring some games home. Like your team fight win rate is already like abysmally worse your map win rate is abysmally worse like you don't care anymore let's just mm -hmm. like you do, can't find someone to buy this shit off you like it's it's just like sit out your contract however long you want now initially when you said senioritis it like it it, it made it very like it, for an app comparison because you should be trying your ass off to, so you can have a smooth ride into college at the same time, like you should be trying your ass off because you could have a smooth ride into Overwatch 2, which is a similarly big opportunity yeah. for you, even if you slack through high school. Apparently, they're not. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe that there's like a. They recently moved a bunch of leadership around. I think moved them up. Yeah. Maybe they rethink their approach. But bro, like, if I'm looking at their current moves, this is the most cynical shit ever because mm. this looks like they're. They're trying to minimize uh, the, the salary budget by just going as late as possible into the signing window in order to save money for the half a year that, or rather four months where you won't need players after the season ends. It's just, I don't know, dude. Like, Why does that cost more money? You're, everyone's getting 50700 anyway. How does that change? Anything? No, you don't have any players signed, right? It's an annualized um, salary. Yeah. Like so you, why, why does it matter when you sign them? You still have to pay the same 50000 No, I don't think so. For the same reason that oh. you're not t paying Taro Cookie 50 k by the end of the season because he was signed halfway through. You annualize the sa salary, so you divide by 12, and then like, that's your monthly salary, and that's what you pay them. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure about this. Okay, yeah, so, um, my brain hurts right now. So what? What is? So I'm gonna tr let's try and figure this out. You, the minimum salary is fifty thousand seven hundred US dollars. Yeah. And every single player 
we'll get that right. Did did Tara Cookie for this year get fifty thousand seven hundred dollars, or did he, so he got less than that? Is that because that would be because he only played partially in the season, right? Yes. So it's a timing thing. Now, so what I'm arguing is the signing window closes when January. You have to have five players, correct? So yes. by that position, what difference does it make for Valiant to sign tomorrow? versus the last day in april that they can sign for when no matter what you are going to pay the same fifty thousand seven hundred dollars whether you sign tomorrow or january all right so i'll i'll try to find this out i could be totally wrong so take this with a grain of salt but my understanding is you take fifty thousand seven hundred dollars you divide that by by 12 because 12 months and that's the amount of salary you can expect each month if you're not signed on this month, it is not subject to the minimum uh, like salary you got to pay. Meaning, if you don't have players signed for uh, October, November, December, that's three months. So you now don't divide 50,700 by nine. You divide, still divide it by 12, but don't pay them for these three months because their salary is... Uh, what? But you're playing the full season. I, I, sh should it not but, be the case? But where? But season preparation surely needs to be. Am I as well, right? Mis am I misunderstanding that if you play from day one of the season mm -hmm. to the final day of the season, whenever that is, you get the full fifty thousand seven hundred? Yes or no? I don't is think that, so. Am I wrong? I don't think so. You don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I oh, think so. If you play the full season, you you might not get the full salary. What? Yeah, because like it, it's an annualized salary, therefore you would because like let's be honest, like it's not like you're playing for free in the preseason preparation. Everything that's like it's oh, not. Then you, then you just get paid. No, so this is what I'm what I'm saying is if the season starts in April and ends in October, between April and October. Technically speaking, if you only play that, you'd still, you'd get your fifty thousand seven hundred divided by those months. If you play from January to October, you still get the same fifty thousand seven hundred divided by those months. If you play from October this year to October next year, it's still the same fifty thousand seven hundred, is it not? Like my understanding is that you that the no matter what you are paying the same fifty thousand seven hundred, no matter what length they are actually signed for, because. It's the length of the full season. No. That incorrect. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's not a lump sum that you're getting. Um, I, don't, I didn't say you're getting a lump sum. I'm saying it's that is your salary being spread over however long you're with the team for that one season. But then you'd almost want to be signed as late as possible in the season because it's the least amount of work for and the highest salary because you're getting the, the same anyway, right? As a player, sure. Yeah, I don't think that's that's how that's, it works. That's, that's the motivation for a player, but that's but like for a team, you're you're probably then motivated to sign them early. I don't know. Like I'm just I'm saying like that that makes more sense. It doesn't make any. It makes a lot less sense to have it where you know the salary is different depending on when you get signed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just like yeah, no. Like I'll I'll try to find it out. Hopefully, I remember and I ca I can add like a comment to it through the okay. uh, we'll, into the YouTube comments because we'll hold. Yeah, I think I I think the annualization of salary uh, is is the correct one and seems the more fair one. Well, that that to me just like makes the whole minimum salary thing a little bit weird and yeah, not pointless, but it kind of defeats the purpose. 
because it means that a player can get signed from for below minimum, which yes. to me defeats the purpose entirely. Like, what? Why do you have a minimum then? Like, I mean, the minimum a, is the, yeah, it's a minimum per month rather than minimum per full year. Fucking hell. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that is just oh, that's confusing because yeah, like I I and that could be wrong. My 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 uh, the way I read it is that that number, the 50700 minimum, is the guaranteed amount of money that you will be getting for playing a full season start to finish, was was my understanding and my assumption, mm. and the way I read it, I, the way I interpret it. If it's not that, it is, that's convoluted as fuck. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, let's, let's, so, that aside, Valing will be signing everyone for absolute minimum, it's 50700 across the board, six probably. players only. Uh, one of those players for the six-man roster is probably not even going to be a sub, but is instead going to be a player coach that's going to do both. Yeah. Or rather, it's just going to coach and not play at all. And so you don't even need to sign a coach. You'll be signing your coach through the player instead. Um, and they're not going to pay a single dollar or a single cent in buyouts whatsoever. So they're going over only for pure only, zero buyouts involved. Yeah. Um, so again, like I said, if you want to play Overwatch General Manager Simulator, 2022 on absolute nightmare difficulty, hardest difficulty possible. You are the GM of LA Valley, and good luck. Yep. In a weird, kind of fucked up way, kind of referencing what you said at the top of the hour, Avril, like, there's there's a real possibility that without contenders, because we don't have a full release of the game, and I don't know that Blizzard trusts the contenders ecosystem or is going to be able to push out an open beta quick enough to make contenders be like feasible. Uh, there's a weird scenario where you get a valiant team that actually isn't terrible, right? Like, for example, well, you got desperation signings. Yeah, where it's just like there's nowhere else for them to go, so they can't really choose not to play for valiant, right? Like, if you want to play Overwatch 2, you're going to have to deal with valiant. Somebody like a Dia, somebody like an Aming, maybe. Um, and it sucks that that's like Dia's rookie. Well, I guess not rookie season, but like birth back into the league is out of desperation to play for the Valiant just to like try to do, uh, you know, cobble together a career in Overwatch 2 in whatever it looks like in the future. Um, but I don't I don't rule out the possibility that the Valiant might not be shit for none of their own like credit. It's it'll be circumstantial if the Valiant aren't last. I'll put it that way. This is this applies to both APAC and NA yep. storylines where yep, yep, yep. no matter where they go, they are gonna end up with a bottom feeder team, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um and even if they this is the other thing about being an NA, is if they are an NA, they literally can only go for NA players. No no imports, no Europeans, oh. maybe not even Canadians, because they don't <laughs> want to pay for a single cent for any import fees visas flights nothing Mm. you know absolutely nothing so forget about forget about bringing over any i'm sure there are players from contenders australia that wouldn't mind playing a valiant for minimum bro they won't even get signed just because of the the logistics of importing valiant don't want to pay for that shit so you are going for only u.s US-based players who can legally live and play in the US um, who are just going to play from home and you look at NA contenders 
and who can do that the the list does not go on very long it is well it does go long it depends how how bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel you want to start scraping you want to start chipping the wood or what because it's bad it's gonna be bad but somebody will take a 57 fifty thousand point fifty thousand seven hundred dollar Am I allowed to call it like compared to contenders? It is a bag, so I kind of wanted to call it a bag for that reason. But yeah. it's not. But if you're a contenders player, it it kind of is because be your you, only you, chance. You get, paid, you get paid nothing in contenders, so yep. anything's more than that. Imagine if Valiant comes back to NA and just signs all the Vancouver Titans players they let go this season. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Shitting back and forth forever. It would be it. It'd be bad, but it might still be better than scraping the barrel in NA contenders. Actually, it might be worse. I, it's hard to say. It's yeah. actually really difficult to say. Yeah. yeah. Um. No other. I mean, I guess there's not much further to talk about Valiant. It's just that nah. expectations are still super low. Yeah. Whatever region they're playing in, not going to be competitive. Yep. Uh, they will be entertainment thieves, so you know. <laughs> yes. Hold on, hold on to your entertainment True. tightly. Don't yeah. let them steal it from you. I mean, they're going to like at least probably have you cast half of their matches. <laughs> Not if they're in an A. Monkey paw curls. God damn. Um, <laughs> I might just call in sick every time they play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, oh i got a i got a case of the old um um can't cast shit teams itis again sorry yeah i'll do it yeah. all right speaking of shit teams we you kind of brought up vancouver titans a little bit there um are they going to be another another bottom feeder team again is that going to happen they have released everybody as far as i'm aware mm-hmm. so they actually had one plus ones have they declined pretty much all of them? Uh, Dalton and Rolf are the only ones that actually had contracts that expired. I believe that's because they had contracts from the previous year as well. So they had already used up their one plus ones. Links to Teru, Fried, Chungsuk, and Fire are gone. Linksa might be retiring. He was hinting at that before, but he hasn't announced anything yet. So we will see. The rest of them... Uh, FRD, by the way, Fried is looking for a new team, so he's committed to wanting to play again now yeah maybe he joins the val- i don't know maybe i don't know what he does maybe he maybe he'll be okay maybe he won't but titans are titans are dunzoing their team what's interesting though is what i'm discovering through this contract status page is that valiant basically signed their entire team for a one-year contract no one plus ones whereas vancouver actually had one plus ones on their team which is quite interesting mm. they just Decline the options. Maybe this is the team that ends up like halfway decent at the bottom of the stratification of next year, right? Maybe they get the uh, the desperation picks. Um, maybe to their credit, maybe to you know, all them not really doing anything. I don't know. Both these teams are just such nothing burgers, and I'm very tired of saying that. Um, I wish they were at least entertaining. Um, well, you, know, weren't learn- you were not entertained by the breadsticks? Come on. I mean, that was their saving grace, right? Like, was uh, a manufactured narrative that the community kind of, like, took hold of, and, you know, 
fell in love with, which is great. That's fantastic. That's better than what the Valiant did, who rarely even communicated. Um, so credit to him there. But because yeah. because hiring a social media manager costs money, Joe. You have to understand. It's true. That is true. Can't afford that. It's uh, got to turn into pop cans so we can pair players. I guess I don't know. It's <sighs> so boring. Just scope, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's both these teams. I I, I genuinely like. I wonder if there's like another like alternate reality where like both of these teams are better because like the ownership group as a collective are like, can you guys stop sucking, please? You're making us all like you're just running the product into the ground. Like there are two bye weeks. Bro, nah, oh, not now they can't. But nah, this is this is like, you know how owners think about this? They look at at. It's like me looking at the end of the month at my bank balance and going like, oh, what's that red number? Oh, I'm still subscribed to Disney Plus, bro. And like at that scale, they're like, oh, I'm still su subscribed to the Overwatch League. I should really cancel that, man, sometime. Oh, I'll do it next week. Like this is basically like how these owners have been treating these teams. Like it's, it's just there to be there. Hopefully it pops. Uh, there you go. Uh, the VU teams, what can we say? Do better. Yeah. At least, like, give us, give us, like, an aura of, like, wanting to try. Like, there are teams that, where the owners are just as, like, unattentive as others, yeah. and they still provide still great storylines. On a, on a level, on a level, though, mm -hmm. can you blame them too much? No. If they're, if they're losing a lot of money, and they're trying to stem the bleeding... Of course not. I don't blame. Can you, you blame them too much for for the direction they've gone? I mean, that, now you get me in my bag where I think like sports should never be invested in as an <laughs> investment of money. It's like, it's basically like I I kind of enjoy the idea of just people with a lot of money doing sports as like a side thing to have fun. I quite like that, you know, like Paris. PSG type of situation where they're never recouping their investment, but like it just works. That's how it should be, I think. Yep. I hmm. uh, well, yes. Get when there's money involved, there's business to be made. To be made. So I mean, it's, that's the thing. At the end of the day, it's yeah. like, yeah, I you know, understand. Yeah. It ends up being a business because there's money involved. So, sure. That's how it is. That's why I wouldn't so mind if it was an expensive hobby as well for for billionaires. But, dude, like in there's in, only there's only so many tuckers that exist in the world. <laughs> in in WoW Arena, we had like these, we we had a bunch of billionaires in there. Like either it was like some crown prince, or like some actual billionaire that liked WoW Arena, and he just paid out the like they just paid out the wazoo for some of these. Uh, wild plays to just play 5v5 with them and they weren't even bad dude like people would just be have their entire college existence paid for just playing with um with like some some billionaires uh some pretty public ones as well i'm not sure if that was ever made public but uh, definitely also people you, you would recognize as, as big streamers right and mm. like why, why are we even not attracting these guys just some play money you know throw it down mid and just like make some fun teams i don't know have some fun who with it. which of the two of you earlier 
uh, I think it was Havril that like mentioned like the too hard that checks off the too hard box. Like it's too hard to manage a team. I don't want to, you know, put your mind in that kind of person's like empathize with them for a moment where it's just like. Why don't I just like go into their DMs and just ask them to play? I don't want to have to like go through this grandiose process of trying to apply. And it's like, yeah, no, I that makes perfect sense why they wouldn't want to be those yeah. like in that space. Right. It's stressful. Fuck that. I'll pay somebody to do that in a better market. Is there a world where any of these players have a future? Dalton links a Teru fried Changsik Firewolf. Maybe fire. Maybe. I think um, he's fried, likely maybe. to retire. Rolf definitely is a retired wedding to happen. Bless his heart um dalton maybe it's it's kind of just fringe choices that i'd probably just take a rookie for i'm gonna be honest yeah. by the way usually i'd say man it's quite weird for players to want to retire right on the precipice of a new game releasing but then mm. i remember that like well they're not going to get access to that game anyway so it's not like yeah. they can play and grind it to try and get on a team yeah. so yeah try again next I year i guess they can't i guess i guess retirement does make a lot more sense yeah. doesn't it i don't uh, know how nuts would it be to, for players to just like stick around owl actually like not care too much about the competitive aspect but just be stuck around so they get a close beta key <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most cynical take i think i've heard <sighs> to then do what with it like play play the game or try and for transition what, no just because you like playing yeah. the game yeah <laughs> So, so playing for the lols in, okay. Bro, that, like, um, liberal billionaire, crypto billionaire <laughs> liberal just coming back, <laughs> running it back for a, uh, an owl watch to you know? beta key. Why not? What's up, Valiant? You need a player? Let's go. Why not? Let's see what this game's about. He just buys a team for himself, signs himself as a player, <laughs> just, to, just to get a beta key. Man. That would be hilarious. So there's obviously a lot of teams that we didn't talk about. Um, speaking of Libero, obviously, you know, we didn't end up talking about New York or any of that. We talked about that plenty last week, though. Nothing's really changed there. Jonak's probably rumored not to come back. Um, we didn't really end up talking about any of the Joe teams. Okay, Hangzhou have held on to three tank players, but that was information that we had last week as well. Still a baffling decision. Um, and overall, I don't know that there was anything else that was super interesting from the contract stuff uh what well, you had justice revealing that they have also declined baby's options so both closer and and baby had options decline closer retiring anyway um tubers decline session decay jerry fury mag uh are all there so they've actually got five players retained which i think we already talked about shanghai we haven't talked about last week or this week i don't know that there's just much there like they're retaining their championship roster and that's it they're getting rid of develop because they feel like they don't need a fourth dps super understandable i think that's a re reasonable thing to do three supports which includes double flex supports one main support again super smart thing to do very likely to be a double uh, flex support meta keeping molly makes sense here keeping fate and void a smart safe thing to do you don't know what tanks are going to pop off um flitter lip who are you you got a lot of options there for dps is like this is if I am a GM that has plenty of money, I'm not. I might not be like mega, mega, mega rich, but I have like good enough money to throw around. I'm. This is it. 
keeping eight players on Shanghai is, is absolutely perfect. Three DPS, two tank, three supports. You could not ask for a more perfectly supported roster than that. So I guess there's just nothing else to add for Shanghai except that, like, good job, Moon. You held on to your yeah. championship roster and go, you good thing. Right? Yeah. Like, the, the one thing that's so weird is who are you? Like, this guy. You mean, weird, you mean Overwatch League champion? Who are you? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Apex Season 3 champion, who are you? That's your goddamn right, he is. <laughs> Yo, I don't understand. Like, this guy must have crazy intangibles. Maybe, like, when he smashes his desk in Rage, he has a great beat that keeps the troops rolling or some <laughs> stuff. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. He does a sound barrier off the, off the back of it. <laughs> I, I, I um, don't... Like, yeah, of course, yeah, there must be. Like, first, you know, you're Lunatic High, the classic Lunatic High Season 3 benching of Who Are You. No. And, like, sure, now it's definitely a different reason because now you're just... Flitter and Lip are too good to... Yeah. to have anyone else play yeah. um, the option is there I actually don't mind this because I'm going to be real with you could Shanghai get someone like proper it's not impossible yeah. but I think if I'm proper I don't know that I want to join a team to be benched for Flitter and Lip I think I would only join this team if I'm proper to bench one of those two players but it's probably not going to happen what Shanghai need is a dedicated bench player who can play projectile can flex around and maybe fill the fill the outskirts and fill a couple of different bits and pieces for very specific metas um moon doesn't need a third dps by the way i think flitter and lip can just do it all but if yeah. you want to be super safe about it and you want a career bench player well you might just be your legitimate career bench player but so why not like get someone from team cc like innovation or something Are you a Cogs? Um, great question. Maybe they just don't does want something. Does innovation want to be a career bench player? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I, I'm not gonna lie. Like if I'm, if you're Moon, you're probably you, if you go to any of these guys, you're probably going there with the with the intention of being like, so we're kind of interested in you. But just to be clear, if I if I sign you, you will be a perma bench player. Sure, but like just to be clear, innovation is also 22, dude. Like, this guy is basically a grandpa. Like, can you expe expect, like, more? A grandpa calling a grandpa a dinosaur. Would like, you, but is, is who are you maybe a better player? That's the thing. Like, innovation, what does innovation bring Pira Poolwise? A Tracer and a Sombra, both covered comfortably by Flitter and Lip. Mm. What else does he play? May? Not important enough for you know no one's a may specialist get out of here uh what else there's not much else there oh. he's, he's, i mean you start getting pretty bad after that uh who are you at least has that like genji and farah and stuff that he's known for and the doomfist that he can play right mm -hmm. he's got he's got a couple of pieces there that maybe flitter and lip don't actually do super well well minus the fire we know flitter's fire is phenomenal i, don't, I haven't seen I haven't seen flitter's genji in a hot minute so i can't speak on that one yeah I guess Lip can play the Doomfist, but he's not like super well known for it. That's mm. a really hard special aspect. Um, yeah. I don't see a lot of career bench players out there that could fulfill the role that Who Are You's fulfilling. I think he's actually kind of perfect for the role in a way. That's where the crypto genius mastermind rich billionaire Libero comes in. 
unironically, I think that he's one of those players that I think could maybe take to like some and of the he's new heroes. Not even playing the game, you're talking about I, someone that that's the type of player. Unfortunately, a career bench player still needs to grind the game. A career that's bench true. player is not some is not some guy that sits there, collects a paycheck, and then plays Valorant. Correct. You have to still be good enough that if required, and a Doom meta shows up, who are you comes and he pounds on that hero. That's what's yes. required. Yeah. You can't be some dude that just collects a paycheck. So it's a hard role to play, and it's a situation where Moon goes to somebody. You will be a permanent bench player who will probably never get a game time unless Doom is like a hundred percent pick in this meta. Yeah. And, but you will still be hard, required to hard grind a bunch of different heroes while being a permanent bench player. That's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. And the only the only real sell after that is like you're on a championship team, but you will never play. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of, t- I think a lot of players would not take that deal is what I'm oh, saying. Sure. Of course. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. They want to win. They want to compete. They want to like, they want to play. Yeah. You don't sign up to be a pro player and just sit on a bench the whole time. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody. Yeah. We're not developed. Apparently who are to... you does. But that, but see, but that's what I'm saying is like, how many more players can you get that, that can just do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so you, is it is it really that surprising that they kept who are you then, under that context? No, probably Come not. Come on. Yeah, probably not. I think I'm onto something. Yeah. I mean, I like Boone. Call me up if you just want me to sit on a bench for 50k. You can do that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sure, dude. I, you're you're good enough, right? You're you're soldier mate over here. <laughs> it's it's not that. like it matters. It's like you won't, <sighs> won't ever need to like unless they fall sick. Like in, I don't know. It's it's just, yeah. We'll see, I guess. And uh, hopefully the the P- DPS pool is even growing. Like the new heroes coming in, and maybe there's a necessity for a third player. Uh, and maybe we're ge- even get- getting some. I mean, it's not possible, uh, not impossible that we're getting like new specialization categories in Overwatch Two. Like oh, yes, well, yeah. like, like everyone saying actually. that Flex is the only DPS that exists anymore. But it's also not impossible that we're going down a three-prong road or whatever, right? I have a suggestion. Okay. Shanghai should get Ardo back. Oof. For real. I'm not, I'm not lying. Ardo can be... I don't know how comfortable Ardo be with the bench player, but this guy is, like, still a reasonable player. Uh, covers some heroes that... A little bit more specialized, maybe. He's a Genji. Let's be honest, he's a Genji one So He's kind of like a who are you be honest with you so maybe they don't need it maybe they just keep who are you then but i don't know i'm spitballing um there's not a lot there's not a lot that fills by the way one of fate and void is going to be benched at any point next year that's a hard pill to swallow um ended up turning this into more of a shanghai segment we're just kind of like riffing over random teams that we haven't covered yet um and we we're basically there we what we would have talked like extensively about paris last week so not going to go back there um, what else? Gladiators have space exploring for the agency. That's simply because his contract expired. It's not because they don't want him. Even space has expressly said, by the way, that he that uh, gladiators do want to sign him again for next year. But he because he is legally a free agent, he will explore that as he should and exercise his uh, ability to explore free agency. So, what else? Um, Joe teams are talked about. Mayhem, no developments at all. Dallas Fuel, no developments. So they'll be they'll be looking for some hot Korean talent to fill some of the shoes left behind. 
Uh, and that's it. That's, Ouch. I believe, all the teams. So, really, it's just a bit of a goodbye letter now to the retired players of the 2021 season. Which the list, I believe, is Gesture Fusions, Repel, Ripper, Burgering, Bianca, Friday, Mano, Rascal, Toby, Sabiobi, Rascal, Burgering, so Rascal twice, uh, <laughs> Ripper twice, Toby twice. Okay, there's a bunch of things twice. So Yong, Repel, KSF, Harsha. Harsha, obviously, uh, a coach, and Yong, a coach as well. Yeah. So, um, those players are... So, Decent amount of those players are going to military service, by the way, so not uh, too crazy. But that is a lot of players gone. I mean, every year we are going to lose some players. Of course. That's a uh, natural kind of decay of time. A lot of old school season yeah. one players actually gone. I will. I mean, I think it deserves it as well, um, both to a career and to a proper send off standpoint. Um, I think the gladiators deserve. I think they deserve their own award. Give them an award just for how not only touching that send off was for Birdring, but like just how well like produced it was. Genuinely one of the best pieces of content I think Overwatch yeah. has had in like recent memory. Yep. Um yeah, really well done. I think just very touching, very kind of um as as transparent as you can be. Um with like the Kevster comments at the beginning, I thought that was like very gripping, especially at the the start of the the little send off. Uh, yeah, well done. I hats off to you. A plus seal of approval. Loved it. Or please, just without the retirements. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Good. Anything else? Final comment. I mean, take a storm. To be honest, like these retirements really have me in a really like melancholic mood. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah. I recently like someone from from the community just like shot me a DM because I said something in the Discord, and like for me, I realized like. I don't think we have created in the Overwatch League characters like we got out of Apex. Um, like, someone like Super, for instance, with a success like Super, with the um, prolificness of Super, mm-hmm. is like, should be like legendary in my mind. And still, like, because we leaned so heavy in the goofy, like, I realized. Very often, finding out who these people are detracts from my enjoyment. And I actually greatly enjoy having, like, the, the, like, I enjoy the player, the player more, the player profile than the person behind it. And, like, dispelling that illusion, uh, maybe it's an H thing as well, because, like, mm. it's almost nothing that a 21-year-old could open his mouth to and not disappoint, it feels like. Um, especially if, if, you know, how much wisdom you're getting fed through the video game tube is probably also very limited. But, like, it's not just that. It's just, like, how the stories were built up. And the more we lose of that, like, I don't know, like, for instance, the the Apex Season 3 finals. 
like so much important Overwatch history happened in that final, theoretically speaking. Like yeah. the players that are there, like only Void remains. Like all those legends retire now. And it's not even that, yes, many of them retire because they're not great at the game anymore, but they, you have a second chance, theoretically. And I don't see where we have a breeding ground to create these same amounts of um, like mythologies around them. I have, like, I have a real problem with... I understand that you got to follow the back and the interests, mm. but I feel like because we lean so much into the entertainment, like... I get that, like, comms checks are one of the most uh, important or, like, well-doing um, Piece pieces of content. of content. I just wish they weren't, if that makes sense. Of course, you, yeah. You do not have, like, I care significantly less about Lip, for instance, than I care about Fleda. Because there's a way richer history created through the Apex experience than that is about lip even though objectively speaking for the last two seasons they've played about the same level of impressiveness and still had le about the same level of exposure honestly like that one sentence slipping already is like more than i ever needed right like i don't know it's and i hope we can bring this back for overwatch 2 and i hope we can create the same epic moments i just don't see us being able to I, I don't know if this game is capable of doing that again. I like it, there's a lot of doubts at this point in time, and then I, I mean I'm I'm sure like it, it all goes in ebbs and flows, um, and I feel like I'm on a low point of confidence of being able to get that feeling back, mm -hmm. um, just because of these retirements. It's probably an overreaction as well, um, but yeah, I'm 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 really I've a really melancholic feeling about this and um yeah it it's it feels like it's not too far in the future that we will say the last player in it from the apex era has retired and that kind of is yeah pretty sad because we've simply not had anything of the caliber of apex storytelling to give us <laughs> new um that new type of the same essence that we've had before, mm -hmm. so I guess food for thought based on that, not to completely dive into this um, because it could very easily get into another hour long discussion. Maybe yeah. it's a, an episode we pin for a later date. Um, but I think we battle with the idea that this game is how the stories are told, not the people around it who actually tell the stories. Right. Um, I think it's how we frame the game. I think you can take. Yeah, I think you can take most competitive aspects and create a compelling story for people to kind of latch hold of. And I think that's what's missing. Um, maybe we get more of that with Overwatch 2. Maybe we get more of the same kind of goofy, you know, cheery, wholesome content, but without much of the individual focus. I think this also battles the idea that the championship skins and the MVP caliber skins are gone because we want to celebrate the teams and not the individuals right um we're we're at a weird kind of crossroads and what this game is again kind of supposed to be messaged as so is it the game or is it how we tell it i don't know 
Well, uh, made some good content with the Alley Gladiator stuff on the uh, official Overwatch League channel. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, yep. three-part series. Very well made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact as well is that it was actually filmed by the Alley Gladiator's content team. I'm not too sure who actually ended up editing and releasing it. Maybe that was within Overwatch League, but um, in either case, the ability to tell those stories certainly exists and a lot more of that will need to happen in future. Um, and the game is always, I think, the, the Overwatch League itself in my opinion, has always needed an expansion of availability of available teams and into different regions and have a real true multi-region kind of sport. But, you know, we're all on a, a massive hope, a do- dose of hopium for the future of Overwatch and how things go. And we have a long off season to kind of figure that out uh, with the drip feed of Overwatch 2 information, eventually of which we'll need to dive a little bit deeper into. As soon as we have something more tangible to chew on so i'm sure we will dive deep into that but for now um just a big update on where the contract statuses are of different players because that all got revealed so that was quite an interesting thing to talk about this week but next week who knows don't know what exactly is on the cards just yet um what news there will be leave us some suggestions down below in the comments if you have some good ideas of what kind of content you would like to see that will Mm -hmm. otherwise do it for episode 196 four away now from the big old 200 so get your balls shaved shout outs to manscaped (laughs) and we'll see you for 197 next week